You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpal965.com. Fox News commentary. Mark Thiessen. What's on your mind? The Brookings Institution reported in September 2018 that humanity had reached a stunning milestone. Quote, for the first time since agricultural-based civilization began 10,000 years ago, the majority of humankind is no longer poor or vulnerable to falling into poverty, they reported. More than half the world's population, some 3.8 billion people, now earned enough to be considered middle class or rich. Think about what that means. For most of what Ronald Reagan famously called mankind's long climb from the swamp to the stars, the norm for most people had been abject poverty. Now, the norm is prosperity. What made this transformation possible? Was the collapse of the Soviet empire, the worldwide turn away from socialism, and the US-led global expansion of free trade and free enterprise? fueled by access to cheap, reliable sources of energy, all of which have lifted billions of people across the world out of poverty. We should be doing everything possible to accelerate this progress so that millions more can join the ranks of the new middle-class majority. Instead, climate activists are advocating policies that would deny poor nations access to inexpensive, abundant fossil fuels that they need to develop their economies, which would ultimately leave tens of millions of people in poverty and more vulnerable to climate-induced disasters. To make up for lost economic growth, activists are pushing government-to-government wealth transfer payments. First came a proposed $100 billion a year fund that rich countries agreed a decade ago to pay to poor countries to reduce emissions and forgo fossil fuels. Now at the UN Climate Change Conference in Egypt, known as COP27, wealthy nations have agreed to pay poor nations reparations for costs of natural disasters supposedly caused by the industrial world's use of fossil fuels. This is insanity. The reason poor nations suffer disproportionate damage from natural disasters is not climate change, it's poverty. When Hurricane Ian hit Florida in September, it caused lots of damage, but relatively few deaths. Power was restored and bridges were swiftly rebuilt. By contrast, a similar storm hitting poor countries could kill thousands and disrupt the economy for years. That's because better infrastructure does more to save lives than cutting emissions. The way to help poor nations become less vulnerable to disasters is to lift them out of poverty. The anti-growth policies of climate activists would have the opposite effect. As Bjorn Lomborg, president of the Copenhagen Consensus Center, has argued, the Paris Climate Accord is forecast to keep an additional 11 million people in poverty by 2030 than would otherwise be. That number would rise to 80 million additional people in poverty, he wrote, if the world adopts much stronger measures advocated by climate extremists. The fact is, nations with higher GDP enjoy lower mortality, higher standard of living, and greater climate resilience. Their citizens live in sturdy homes with middle-class luxuries such as air conditioning and central heat that protect them from temperature-related deaths. They have access to better health care and food security, which does more to fight malnutrition than reducing carbon emissions. And their societies can afford advanced flood control and disaster warning systems, such as the European Flood Awareness System. There is a reason, as global poverty has dramatically declined, that climate-related deaths from floods, fires, storms, droughts, and extreme temperatures have plummeted. Climate change is real, but forcing developing countries to abandon fossil fuels and denying tens of millions the opportunity to join the ranks of the nascent global middle class will cost more lives than climate change, and no amount of reparations could ever make up for that. I'm Mark Teese. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. To hear the podcast version of this program, go to foxnewspodcasts.com. And for all the latest news, go to foxnews.com.
paid for by Christian Care Ministry. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. And it's true. The typical family switching to MediShare saves 500 bucks or more a month, which is obviously huge for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. There are 400,000 members. They've shared over $4 billion in medical bills, and it really is a great community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. And here's the thing. If you join MediShare Complete right now, they'll waive your new member fees, and you'll save an additional 10% off all of 2023. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month of next year, but it's a very limited-time offer. You have to sign up before December 31st. Great savings, great health care. Find out more. Call now. 844-94-BIBLE. That's 844-94-BIBLE. 844-94-BIBLE. Want to hear Christmas music on your schedule? Check out the KPL News app and click on the Christmas music icon. Brought to you by Christmas at Bridgepoint Farms, 115 Enterprise Boulevard, just off of Johnston Street. Football is here, and we've teamed up with Restoration One for something that will make any fan yell, Hootat! We want to send you and a guest to NOLA for an NFL experience that you'll never forget. It's the ultimate Hootat experience, and we're giving you the chance to see New Orleans play up close and personal, live from the plaza level of the Caesars Superdome. Score a pair of tickets to Dome home games, as well as a pair of passes to hang out with DJ Digital at the official VIP tailgate, a fully catered pregame party put on by Bullseye Event Group, with free food and an open bar on the rooftop patio of Benson Tower overlooking Champion Square. And thanks to our friends at Legends Bar and Grill, even when the black and gold are playing on the road, you can still celebrate black and gold style at home with a Legends Tailgate prize pack. Beat the squad with 10 burgers, 10 wraps, and 20 bags of chips. You can enjoy at a Legends location or on the big screen at the house. The weekly deadline to enter will be Thursday at midnight. You only need to enter once per game, but every week will be a new opportunity for you to win. All you need to play is the KPL News app. So download it now and enter to win today. Restoration One is your local business to help with any water, fire, and mold damage. Call 337-RESTORE. That's 337-RESTORE to get your property back to its full glory. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. It's still a mystery. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. What happened in Moscow, Idaho? Where there was a vigil last night for the four university students murdered in a home more than two weeks ago. Tell the fun stories. Remember them in the good times and do not let their lives be defined by how they died. Once University of Idaho Dean of Students, Blaine Eccles. As for the investigation, there's still no suspect. Law enforcement officials now walking back their initial claim that one or more of the victims was targeted, saying, quote, Detectives do not currently know if the residents or any occupants were specifically targeted, but continue to investigate. Prior statements were a miscommunication. That's Fox's Anita Vogel. It's the Senate's turn to try to avert a railroad worker strike next week that could hurt the economy after the House passed legislation to force unions to accept the tentative contract they rejected. A separate bill approved by the House would also add seven paid sick days for rail employees, a crucial part of the labor dispute. It's really a health issue. It is a physical uh, health issue. 
Sean Geary is vice president of the Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way Employees, one of four unions who did not ratify an administration-brokered agreement earlier this year. Fox's Jared Halpert, another setback for President Biden's plan to wipe out thousands of dollars in federal student loan debt for millions of Americans. A federal appeals court upheld a prior ruling, putting it on hold over challenges the president exceeded his authority. The now ex-CEO of the cryptocurrency exchange FTX that fell into bankruptcy with billions of dollars in losses tells the New York Times via video from the Bahamas, he messed up big time. Sam Bankman Freed said, I didn't ever uh, try to commit fraud on anyone. I I was excited about the prospects of FTX a month ago. He's under civil and criminal investigations. Congress wants to question Bankman Freed at a hearing later this month. America's listening to Fox News. Smith & Wesson is committed to empowering Americans no matter what. With inflation hitting everywhere, we've decided to make a change. Now, you can buy a Smith & Wesson Shield Plus, our most popular concealed carry firearm, at an all-new low price, $100 off MSRP. We're absorbing the costs and passing along the savings to you so you don't have to compromise on personal security. Visit smithandwesson.com to find a Shield Plus near you. Smith & Wesson. Always expect the best. Missed Black Friday? Dell's Cyber Monday event starts now with deals on powerful business tech. The savings start now with up to 50% off on select business PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Don't forget special pricing on the latest monitors, docks, and accessories, plus free shipping on everything and special financing with Dell Business Credit. Call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL for Cyber Monday deals. That's 877-ASK-DELL. House Republicans are getting ready to take control as the majority in the next House in Congress. Democrats have made history choosing a new leader who's black. New York's Hakeem Jeffries becomes the first minority to lead any party in any chamber of Congress after being elected House Minority Leader for the Democrats. As we work to advance the ball for everyday Americans and get stuff done. He replaces longtime leader Nancy Pelosi, who didn't seek party leadership. Jeffries is a New York native who served the 8th Congressional District since 2013. He became chair of the House Democratic Caucus in 2019. He'll be joined by new minority whip Catherine Clark of Massachusetts and new Democratic Caucus chair Pete Aguilar. In Washington, Ryan Schmelz. Fox News. House Democrats can now review former President Trump's taxes. The Treasury Department handed them six years of returns after the Supreme Court rejected Trump attempts to block those returns from being given. A legendary rock voice has been silenced. Christine McVie was a big part of Fleetwood Mac's huge success. McVie died at the age of 79 after a short illness revealed the news in a statement which read she was a revered musician who was loved universally. The singer, whose name was Christine Perfect, was already a charted artist in England when she married bassist John McVie and joined Fleetwood Mac. McVie weathered several iterations of the band. However, that changed with the arrival of Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks in 1974 and became a pop music juggernaut. McVie took a prominent role in the band as her warmth balance the edginess of the American duo. Michelle Polino, Fox News. On Wall Street, stock futures are down modestly today after a big surge after the Federal Reserve Chairman signaled the next interest rate hikes will be smaller in the push to drive inflation down. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. How can you help a child in need during the holiday season? 
Rose's Angels. Here at News Talk 96.5 KPL, we are teaming up once again with Robin McMillan of McMillan's Pub to gather gifts for kids in Acadiana who otherwise wouldn't be getting a gift this year. Robin helps to get presents for kids in lots of different groups throughout Acadiana. Boys and Girls Clubs of Acadiana, Casa, Arch, Smile. Other requests come in. Hundreds of children need help. Robin, through Rose's Angels, is asking for help, and we would be humbled by what you could do. If you'd like to adopt a child, all you have to do is call Robin's number, 337-781-7069. That's 337-781-7069. That's 337-781-7069 to become one of Rose's Angels. It's an easy process. Thank you so much from all of us at News Talk 96.5 APEL. It's high school football playoff action, and it's right here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. The Turley's Catholic Rebels are one win away from a state championship appearance. All that stands between them, the LCA Knights. It's the Rebels. It's the Knights. It's win or go home. It's high school football playoff action, and it's on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Pre-game begins at 6 this Friday with kickoff at 7 o'clock. Scott Brassa and Gavah Bordelon have the call. It's Turlings versus LCA, and it's on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the KPEL News app. Now the headlines from the KPEL News Center. For KPEL News, I'm Brandon Como. Lafayette police have arrested a 20-year-old Lafayette man in connection with the shooting death of a 22-year-old. LPD arrested Dylan Louvier in the death of Carrington Sam of Lafayette. Sam was shot and killed Wednesday around noon at Lafayette apartment complex on Reserve Drive. Louisiana's first through third graders showed improvement on a literacy test this fall, but Whitney Thomas reports the state's public school education leader is concerned the percentage of kindergartners reading below grade level has declined. The first 30 days of the school year is dedicated to the literacy screener that analyzes the child's reading ability as they prepare to enter a new grade. Third graders were able to see a 1.3% improvement. Superintendent of Education, Kate Brumley, says now the focus is on kindergartners. The decline is in kindergarten. This means that these students are not coming to school the level of preparedness that the students as a whole did. Kindergartners scores declined by 2%, but Brumley says with consistent work, scores will improve. We have to stay the course. I'm Whitney Thomas. Well, there's some good news. Gas prices in Louisiana were on average 303 for a gallon of regular, and AAA forecasters say that price could drop below three bucks as early as today. Gas prices have dropped 28 cents since last month and are down a dime compared to one year ago. The State Department of Transportation has an interactive map that allows the public to provide input on proposed highway projects. Jeff Palermo has a story. The projects on the interactive map that can be found on the State Department of Transportation's website are highway projects that have been already discussed by lawmakers. Department of Transportation spokesperson Rodney Mallett says the map allows the public to provide their own comments. A way to find out what the people in the region are interested in uh, project-wise for their infrastructure. The map contains a bunch of different projects, and the public comment period ends January 6th. Again, go to DOTD's website to find it. I'm Jeff Palermo. We now take a look into state news as a month-long narcotic investigation in Caddo Parish leads to the arrest of 53-year-old Emmanuel Barrett of Shreveport. Head of the Caddo Parish Sheriff's Drug Task Force, Lieutenant Darren Marshall, says when they searched Barrett's home, they found a significant amount of illegal substances. 
We got uh, about 69 grams of marijuana and about 69 grams of methamphetamines. Marshall says the street value of those substances was over $7,000. Earlier this month, a wastewater study indicated the city of Shreveport has twice the national average of meth, giving the area a notorious distinction. Marshall says the arrest of Barrett will make a difference. That amount of drugs that we took off of him will not hit the streets of Cattle Parish. So that right there is significant in itself. Marshall says in his 20 years in law enforcement, he's seen the meth problem grow increasingly alarming, and they are doing all they can to contain it. We are investigating meth dealers in the Cattle Parish area, and we should be taking them off the street here in the near future. Meanwhile, in St. Tammany Parish, the coroner confirms charred remains found Monday in a double murder case as those of a missing local priest. Here's more from Brooke Thorrington. Covington PD Sergeant Edwin Master says the city is shocked by the brutal crime. It's absolutely devastating. One of the two badly burned bodies found Monday is confirmed as that of retired local priest Father Otis Young. The other victim has not yet been positively identified. The coroner says both victims died of blunt force trauma, then were set aflame. Master says a suspect, Antonio Tyson, has been arrested and details of the investigation are being withheld for now. We'll release further information on how Mr. Tyson became our suspect in a later press conference. I'm Brooke Thorrington. The former chief of police and a city council member from the town of Amit have been sentenced in a vote-buying scheme. Former Chief Jerry Trebona and former council member Chris Hart were sentenced to a year in prison for violating federal election laws. The former top cop was also ordered to pay a $10,000 fine. Well, if you happen to see a fully restored red 1970 Chevrolet Chevelle on the streets or in a trailer, you might want to notify police. A classic car matching that description was stolen from the New Orleans area. NOPD does have a person of interest in custody, but they still haven't located the classic car. St. Landry Parish President Jesse Bellard says the director of animal control in that parish has been fired. Terry Corville was released from that position yesterday. There was no specific reason given for the dismissal, but St. Landry Animal Control has been the focus of many complaints and calls about neglect and animal attacks in the parish. As gusty cold breezes were blowing into Louisiana yesterday, the state said goodbye to hurricane season 2022. The season had 14 named storms, but was still quieter than preseason forecasts projected. We can thank dust from the Sahara Desert for keeping things calm in the tropics during the peak of the season in July and August. Well, that strong cold front that blew in yesterday actually created a bit of a snowstorm on the UL campus. Not really, but UL's Student Government Association did host their annual snow day on campus yesterday complete with snow machines and snowball fights. For many who attended, it's the first time they've ever seen snow in person. In sports, Southern will play Jackson State in the SWAC championship game on Saturday. The Tigers trounced the Jaguars in the regular season matchup, winning 35 to nothing. By the way, that is the same Jackson State coached by Deion Sanders. Southern coach Eric Dooley says they need to execute better. Of course, we want a different outcome, but... Uh, we're going to work our game plan. We think we like the game plan that we had before, uh, and we like the game plan that we're working on right now as we speak. So, of course, we are, we're going to compete at a high level. Some things that we, we wasn't able to do uh, in the past, but we don't, we don't go back to the past. We just look forward to it. The game will be played at Jackson State's home field. Dooley says that doesn't bother him. When you play at Southern University, you understand the stage that you're going to play on. So a crowd never been a factor for us. But even uh, just uh, going back to the, to the game, I mean, we had opportunity. We had some things that we missed on. Uh, we should have scored early in, in, in the game. Uh, we missed on some 
missed opportunities. So the crowd is not a factor of us because you're going to have Jaguar Nation there as well. In uh, the SEC, LSU getting ready to take on Georgia in the SEC championship game. And after allowing 274 rushing yards in the loss to Texas A&M, the Tigers defense looks to bounce back this Saturday. LSU cornerback Makai Garner admits they came out flat against the Aggies. We just saw the record and just assumed that A&M was just going to come out and just let us have the W, you know. Um, but obviously that didn't happen, you know. But things that we've seen on film, all the corrections that, that can be made are all fixable. So that's a good thing. Now, Georgia leads the nation for the fewest points allowed, allowing just 11 a game, and they ranked fourth in total defense. Tigers freshman tight end Mason Taylor on the dogs' defense. They're definitely good. I mean, their defense is probably top in the country, but um, they have a, a good good front, good secondary, overall good defense. So we just got to go out there and play LSU football and just uh, stick to the, what we're coached. Georgia's quarterback Stetson Bennett is second in the SEC in passing yards. His top receiver is Brock Bowers. Garner says they're really good at the tight end position. Tight ends, too, now. The tight ends are a big role in that in that offense. You know, they got a few guys at the receiver spot, too, that are nice. But, um, man, that offense, man, that big, that big offense, man, you just got to come out there with just more physicality. You just got to come out and bring it. That's all it is, though, to stop that offense. Meanwhile, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, it's the waiting game right now as they continue to wait to see which bowl game will officially accept them. But in the meantime, you can go to kpal965.com. Coach Desermo uh, sitting down with our friends over at our sibling station, 103.3 The Goat. Coach Desermo talking bowl games, seniors, and a lot more. You can check that out at the website, kpal965.com. Again, Coach Desermo, you can check out his interview with Scott Prather from 103.3 The Goat at our website, kpal965.com. All right, so today, first day of December, we can expect beautiful sunny conditions. It's going to be cool with a high of only 62. Tonight, clear but not as cold as it was last night with an overnight low of 47. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and mild with a high of 76. And again, yesterday, last day of hurricane season. Thank goodness that we had a quiet one. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Right now, traffic. And looking at what's happening on the roadways right now, no crashes, no breakdowns to report, but school zones will go into effect in about 30 minutes in some areas. Today. Okay, wait a second. All right, Eddie Thibodeau here with me. St. Landry, Paris Crime Stoppers. All right, wait a minute. We got to get something else queued up right here. You ready? I'm ready. All right, you ready? Here we go. Let's see if I can get this going right. It's early. No, no. <laughs> Breaking out the Mariah Carey this oh, morning. Oh, goodness. As she gets this set up, we welcome in our next guest, our first guest, I should say, yeah. Anita Begno with Downtown Lafayette. 
as we're here to talk about Christmas in downtown Lafayette. Good morning. Good morning. So, all right. So, you know, we talked about this a couple months ago, and now December is here. It's here. We can celebrate Christmas. It's We're in the Christmas season now. Downtown Lafayette's about to get lit up. That's it. That's it. Uh, Saturday, we are really excited to kick off our programming in downtown Lafayette and Park International. We're going to light the 25-foot Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, different businesses and organizations have been decorating their trees in the park. Everything's going to get lit up this Saturday evening. Wow. Mayor President Guillory is going to help us count down to light the tree. Mm-hmm. And Curly Taylor and Zodico Treble is going to play some great music. So I've been telling folks... It's like a downtown live, but on a Saturday night there you with go. Christmas decorations. There you go. This is going to be fun. And I know for you, you're very much looking forward to this Christmas season with your little one now. Yeah. So uh, my little girl, Z, uh-huh. uh, is about seven months old now. We were just yeah. swapping mm-hmm. stories about our little ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really excited for her to get to enjoy her first Christmas in downtown Lafayette. Yeah. I'm looking forward to bringing my kids out and, and checking out. We were talking the other day about... You know, hey, what do we want to do? You know, we're kind of trying to map out like, hey, where do we want to go and check out the lights and stuff for the kids and can't wait to bring them downtown and go check it out. It's yeah, there's fun. there's so much to do across Lafayette and mm-hmm. across Acadiana. Um, we're really excited to have the official Christmas tree of Lafayette uh, in downtown Lafayette and Park International. If you haven't been in a few years, we've gotten a new tree. It's yeah. really beautiful. Mm-hmm. We have a huge ornament that you can walk through. It's all lit up. Wow. Some mm-hmm. great Christmas photos, okay. uh, opportunities. Yeah. Um, and so a few things that folks should know is this Saturday, we're lighting the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gates are going to open in Park International at 5 p.m. It's free entry, live music, um, lots of great opportunities. Like I said, to take photos, we'll be selling uh, drinks and food on site for proceeds to to fund the concert. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, the Sonic Christmas Parade is going to roll yep. through downtown Lafayette. So mm-hmm. that goes all the way down Jefferson Street and into the Oil Center. As soon as it's done on uh, Jefferson Street mm-hmm. in downtown, right back in Park International, we're going to have a Christmas carnival is what we're calling it. It's Very basically cool. an after party mm-hmm. for the Christmas parade. And so if you bring your family out to enjoy the parade, you can walk just one street over into Park International. We'll have a lot of great things for the kids to do. So mm-hmm. entry into the park on Sunday is free. There's going to be some awesome activities that you can enjoy just by walking through the gates. Yeah. We'll then have a $10 wristband with some activities that are associated with that. Mm-hmm. And we'll have uh, the kind of one-off things like getting your face painted. You know, you'll <laughs> yeah. get the tickets for that. Yeah, but yeah. It'll, it'll be really fun. Alzina, my girl, mm-hmm. uh, is going to ride a pony for the first time yeah. on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, you know, that is so great. How I mean, this is a huge weekend. Um, you know, Moon's going to be at uh, Christmas on the Bend yeah. on Friday afternoon. You've got what's happening Saturday with lighting of the Christmas tree downtown, and you've got the big parade, and then the after party on Sunday. And I've driven in this parade many times. Yes, you have. It is fantastic. Yeah. Um, it is a blast. Um, it, it, it's got so much to it. I love the the mix of the marching bands and the floats and the weather. Like it, it's just it's a beautiful time of year. So Lafayette has some incredible parades yeah. throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, not to take away from any parade that happens. Uh, but the Sonic Christmas Parade is something special. It you know, is. it's all right. the way down Jefferson Street, which yeah. is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, the mixing of the marching bands with all the great Jeeps, because the Jeepers mm-hmm. are a part right. of it. Yep. Um, and then, you know, the floats are really fun. And it just feels good outside. It does, yeah. It might be a little warm this year. Mm-hmm. We're working on the weather. <laughs> um, but it, it's a really fun parade. And it, the next day for the weather. There you go. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I'm looking like at the forecast right now, and I see Sunday warmer. 
So, yeah. you know, I think it's going to be a good day on Sunday. I'm hoping for the 60s yeah, side right, of the weather, right, yeah. not the 70s. Okay. But uh, it's going to be pretty no matter what. It, yeah. You know, it's the parade starts at 1. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And so you can grab lunch downtown. Mm-hmm. You can go to yeah. church in the morning with your family, grab right. some lunch, yeah. and then get a good spot uh, for the parade. And then the carnival kicks off right at 2. I love the carnival idea, too. Yeah. 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 Is this the first year y'all are doing it? So we've called it the Sonic Christmas Parade After Party. Okay. Um, which, you know, sounds a little hyped for a Sunday afternoon <laughs> yeah. with the kids. So we changed it to call it the Christmas Carnival, and we added yeah. some new activations this year. So okay. I mentioned um, you can you can come into the park and enjoy some great things for free. Mm-hmm. The police are going to be out there with their horses. Ah, um, yeah, they're, they're we're going to have the fire right. station there yeah. um, with the uh, touch a truck. So mm-hmm. folks, you know, kids can check out the... The fire trucks, there's going to be some dancing, a reptile um, uh, experience, I guess you could call it. (laughs) And then with that $10 wristband, there's some great stuff associated with that. We'll have Santa and Mrs. Claus, Santa Al, shout out. Um, (laughs) uh, And uh, they're from Crowley. You guys probably know by now I'm from Church Point, so I love to support I did not know that about you. Okay. Um, And Uh, so, uh, you know, Santa. (laughs) The point. That's it. Santa's going to be there, and that'll be included in the $10 wristband. You know, you take your own photo with Mm -hmm. your camera or your phone, but um, we wanted to make sure that we uh, provided an opportunity for that early in the month. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can skip the lines where it's really, uh, really hectic to get a photo with Santa and and have a good time with us. And I mentioned the pony rides. We're going to have a video game truck. Like, it's going to be pretty cool. I'm excited. Wow. This really is going to be like a huge carnival party for kids. It's awesome. Yeah. What you got, Eddie? No, and I I'm, see you over there with that smile. I'm bringing my kids. That kind of eye smile. I'm like, what am I going to do this weekend? I said, yeah. I'm going to bring my kids. There you go. You should. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a that's great cool. time. All right. Uh, Anita Begno with Downtown Lafayette. Anita, thank you so much for stopping by this morning. Thank you all for having me. a great weekend. Merry Christmas to everybody. All right. We'll go ahead and take this commercial break. When we come back, I'll have a brief look at news, and we'll continue on with a jam-packed Thursday edition of Acadiana's Morning News. News first and exclusive content now. Download the free KPL News app, free in the App Store and Google Play. To 833 898 slash radio for more information. This is Moon Graffon. I've always believed there's two types of fishermen. There are people like me that love to fish. And there are people like Don Dubuque who can catch fish. And that's why you need to listen to the Outdoor Show with Don Dubuque Saturdays from 5 to 7 a.m. Here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Brought to you by Louisiana's number one Chevy dealer, seven years in a row. Service Chevrolet Cadillac. Find new roads. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. For Cape Hill News, I'm Brandon Como. Lafayette police have arrested a 20-year-old Lafayette man in connection with the shooting death of a 22-year-old. LPD arrested Dylan Louvier in the death of Carrington Sam of Lafayette. Sam was shot and killed Wednesday around noon at a Lafayette apartment complex on Reserve Drive. Louisiana's Department of Education says reading scores for students in grades 1 through 3 across the state are up, but those same skills were off by about 2% for Louisiana's kindergarten kids. State officials blame the lower scores for younger students on delays brought on by the pandemic. Gas prices in Louisiana were on average 303 for a gallon of regular, and AAA forecasters say that price could drop below 3 bucks as early as today. Gas prices have dropped 28 cents since last month and are down a dime compared to one year ago. As gusty cold breezes were blowing into Louisiana yesterday, the state said goodbye to hurricane season 2022. The season had 14 named storms but was still quieter than preseason forecasts projected. We can thank dust from the Sahara Desert for keeping things calm in the tropics during the peak of the season in July and August. 
And that strong cold front that blew in yesterday actually created a bit of a snowstorm on the UL campus. Well, not really, but UL Student Government Association did host their annual snow day on campus yesterday, complete with snow machines and snowball fights. For many who attended, it's the first time they've ever seen snow in person. You're up to date. I'm Brandon Como. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at matthew-james.com. Plenty of sunshine across Acadiana today. Those temperatures are going to push their way to about 62 degrees for the high. Winds from the northeast at 10 to 15 miles an hour. Does stay nice and breezy out there throughout the course of the day today. Lows tonight going to be dropping down into the 40s. We'll see fog developing by tomorrow morning. I think plenty of moisture on the way for the end of the work week with mostly cloudy skies by the end of the day on Friday and staying that way into Saturday with some scattered showers possible Saturday as well. Rainfall going to be coming to an end on Sunday, but those clouds do linger, and so do the warm temperatures. In fact, we've got a warm front that's going to slide through and kind of stall across the area, keeping us in the warm sector. For temperatures to be mid to upper 70s as we go through the end of the weekend and on into next week with cloudy skies and possible spotty showers. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPAL. News Talk 96.5, KPL, right now, traffic. All right, school zones going into effect right now, so please be mindful of them. Other than that, we do have one crash with injuries, Pinhook at University. That's Pinhook at University. Eddie's over here strategizing for the parade on Sunday. <laughs> hey, I'm going to work that in there, man. Yeah, there you go. So, um, little Fleetwood Mac, of course, yeah. with the death yesterday. Wanted to. That's actually my favorite Fleetwood Mac song. Little Lies. Yeah. Uh, little Lies, yeah. I played on Moon Griffon <laughs> show. A lot of times when you got some politician speaking about something that we know. You love some moon, dang lie. <laughs> he so, ain't shy. Um, I just wish he'd break out of shell. Oh, I know, huh? <laughs> Tell us what you really think. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he'll be in in, uh, in just a few minutes. He's pumped up. Just some, I have to tell you some stuff off the air that we were talking <laughs> about yesterday. Um, but, uh, you know, we've got uh, Katie and his history professor will be on his way in a little bit. But before we get to that, you know, Eddie, I want to take a couple minutes, talk a little football with you, man. Like it's a, you that know, a it's catch. exciting right now. That man. was a catch. You did you Which, watch the Minnesota game? Um, no. Patriots, what? No, and I should have. I should have been more specific. I wanted to talk high school football. Oh, all right. We but I. But well, I forgot. We're out, the, we're out the playoffs. Well, so. well, but for the pay yeah. now. Okay, now for the Patriots, since you brought up the NFL, y'all got to play Buffalo. Yes. Um. Good luck with that. Yes. It's gonna be a good game. We are rebuilding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was. I mean, a, I'm telling you, he caught the ball, and then, and his hand was underneath it. Come on, man. Okay, but, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Yeah, let's so, talk some high school. Yeah, all right. Because so, that is look, and we've talked about uh-huh. it before. That is true. Yeah, talent. That is just raw talent. And right. it, the games. I I'd rather honestly, high school and college. Oh than, gosh, yeah. yes. Okay, so I got to Opelousas. The year that they had, man, yeah. was incredible. Like me and Ian, because you know Ian is is a big St. Landry Parish guy, right. um, Bo Shane. But you know me and Ian both have common ties in the sense that we've both like our, our you know I competed against Opelousas High numerous times as a football player, 
and Ian being a Beauchene guy, they, you know, it's like, it's like Opelousas is their next door neighbor, essentially, yeah. in a way. So a lot of well, competition there. This season there. was a bad next door neighbor. Oh, yeah. Ooh, this Opel one was one of the well, yeah. neighbors you didn't want to have. Well, yeah, Opelousas yeah. was amazing and Beauchene was struggling, yeah. but... Opelousas, man, like it was so. I was very happy for them, and the only loss they had for the longest time was the Turlings. Right, you know, um, I mean, they were beating everybody this year. Um, it was awesome to see that. Well, you know, how, how do you feel about the select and the, you know, the way that it goes? I mean, you're you're the man when it comes down to. Well, I the, think look, I think that it's it's fun in the sense that you're getting these schools matching up from different classifications now in the playoffs. A lot of people complaining about that. I think it's it's fun to watch. Um, I think that, you know, we started at five classifications a few years ago in the 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A. Then we broke them up into nine total divisions and classes, which is way too much. Right. Now it's down to eight. And the eight makes it better. I think we need to get it down to seven and, may, and probably six. I think six might be the sweet mm -hmm. spot where we can get it down to six divisions competing in the playoffs and it's gonna eliminate some of the teams that maybe aren't uh playoff worthy if you will right right and have it a, as a much more competitive playoff system so uh, that's yeah. that's my thoughts on it yeah i mean you want to be competitive i mean mm -hmm. you know you have some teams that you know that shouldn't be there and they're yeah. i mean with the with the amount of brackets and stuff but mm -hmm. uh hey look at this guy coming yeah Enough of the football talk. Yeah, look at this. It, it it's we not have time. To, I yield my time to the gentleman oh, no. from UL. <laughs> there we go. All right, now we cue this thing up for Acadiana's history professor, Bob Carricker. All right. <laughs> I didn't come out. We're right. here with the unrecognizable <laughs> yes. Acadian assistant professor Bob Carricker. The clean up well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eddie. <laughs> and see, there are buttons on shirts. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. It going, man. It's going good. Yeah. Yeah. No complaints. How about you? Uh, same old. Just like yeah. uh, old Rustic Renegade says, just trying to rule the world. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but my wife won't let me. So. <laughs> no, yeah. We all find our, our certain worlds to That's rule. Right. There you go. <laughs> we probably can't rule the world. But <laughs> we all have our own little worlds. When she allows me. <laughs> there you go. Well, all right, uh, Bob, what we got uh, on the agenda for today, man? Oh, man. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is a good morning. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's a great morning. Yeah. So I, uh, we're going to do something a little okay. odd. One of the reasons why I love what we do here mm -hmm. is because we can go from uh, Francisco Pizarro, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. A, a brutal Spanish yeah, conquistador, right? yeah, yeah. all the way to uh, a basic um, breakfast food. Oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> or a cat. <laughs> or a cat, right. <laughs> Which are evil in a sense, anyway. It, well, <laughs> Eddie, it's not in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> 
So are we going to talk about breakfast food this morning? We are going to talk about breakfast food, and we've done this before. Okay. Um, Not with this particular breakfast food, but Mm -hmm. with one that's in the realm with donuts. Okay. You you might remember, of Mm -hmm. course, that we talked about donuts and the Salvation Army and the donut girls who brought them to, you know, World War One, and 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 so that lends me to encourage people. Lended me and still does to Mm -hmm. encourage people to cook donuts in that traditional way in a. Uh, a metal soldier's hat oh, because ah, in the helmet, right? Yeah, yeah. Eddie's, Eddie's remembering remember this that. exactly. <laughs> you think it was donuts? Think it is, it, didn't you move yeah. off of the the breakfast sandwiches in favor of donuts oh, cooked right. in helmets that's because right. of that segment? <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I, I do too. <laughs> um, and so, so today it's it's wa- it's waffles. So okay. I think uh, hopefully I have some little nuggets of history here that people can. Uh, again, can incorporate into their own lives to make themselves a little bit more odd Mm -hmm. and a little bit more interesting. Well, speaking of interesting, by the way, we were talking before you got here about uh, the waffle maker at Eddie Thibodeau's house and what it's used for. It's an egg waffle. Oh. Have you ever heard of this? some eggs and you put the in the the waffle maker and it... Is that right? Wait, (laughs) so you guys were literally just talking about about this? Oh, yeah. So you think that I brought this up because of that. (laughs) And I hate to tell you, but it it, it isn't that. You know, a couple of odd things. Here I am. Right. Okay. All right. It was meant to be for y'all to be together. It was. Okay, well, and then let's do this. So you you have a quote-unquote egg waffle maker. Um, well, no, it's a waffle maker. You just put egg in it. Yes. You mean you just put egg in it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, mm-hmm. and what is your favorite brand of waffle? Ego. Yeah. Ego yeah, waffle. Yeah. yeah. Right? No, you can't just right. get the cheap stuff. Yeah. You, you got to get yeah, ego when yeah, it comes yeah. to waffles. Right. And my so, kids will eat nothing else. <laughs> nothing else. And so I started to look in into this. What's uh-huh. going on with waffles and ego? And so, lo and behold, I learned that. Uh, Eggo waffles, Mm -hmm. they're called Eggo waffles because in the the turn of the century, or not the turn of the century, in the 1930s, there was a group of brothers in California, and they were trying to figure out something to do with their lives, and they're working in their parents' garage. Sounds like the way that Apple (laughs) started, right? But not exactly. And they they came up with mayonnaise. Oh, really? Right? Everybody's favorite (laughs) egg-based... Okay. Yeah. Spread. Yeah. So they came up with mayonnaise. Okay. And they used a hundred they, they they touted themselves for using a hundred percent farm fresh eggs right. in their mayonnaise. And so they called it Eggo mayonnaise. Oh. And they okay. had they had a thriving Eggo mayonnaise business. Okay. And then that led them to start producing other products like potato chips. Okay. And they eventually came around to making waffles and selling waffles. And then as the 1930s turned into the 1940s and into the 1950s and frozen food became all the rage and an option, they created a method of making frozen waffles to sell. And they called them, they called them froffles. 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 Frozen waffles. Frozen waffles. Exactly. Uh So they were selling Eggo froffles. All right. So here's what I want everybody to be able to do. When you're serving the waffles to your kids, you can just serve them to them and say, here are your froffles. And then the kids will say, what are you talking about froffles? And Mm. then you can sound like this elitist (laughs) historian type person. Well, that's actually the original name of the Eggo waffle (laughs) was the froffle. 
And it wasn't actually intended to be an Eggo waffle, yeah. but that was the name Eggo on the box, on the and box. so it all stuck. A froffle. That sounds like the a way froffle. that my two-year-old would say waffle or something like <laughs> it that. Does, it does. <laughs> like right now. Yes. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But and if you say it with a little innuendo in your voice, yeah, you can yeah. you know, sound even a little bit different. How about a little froffle yes. this morning? But you know, it really is funny, though, because we were joking earlier about I'm serious. You know, a lot of places make good, I don't call it knockoffs, but cheaper versions of food. But when it comes to Eggo waffles, it's just, there's no comparison. <laughs> it's really not. It's just right. delicious. So eventually when the, the, the brand was purchased, yeah. they actually had to stick with the name Eggo because that's just what people call them, yeah, even though there's no right. actual connection to that word. Yeah. And the waffle. All right, uh -huh. but this brings us to another component to waffles, and that is, so where did these things come from? Uh -huh. And they go back hundreds uh -huh. and hundreds of years. The first recorded recipe mm -hmm. for a waffle, and it's a Dutch and a German um, treat, mm -hmm. is 1393. Wow. All right. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right, Eddie. If we were on live TV, you would have seen Eddie's eyes light up and then try to process that. What does this mean? 1393. So that's 100 years before Christopher Columbus right. even sailed across the ocean, right? Yeah. And so so it's a, it's this ancient treat, and there there's many references to waffles throughout you know, culinary history, mm -hmm. when the Dutch brought it to the United States, and here's where I'm going with another component that people should be able to incorporate into their current yeah. modern lives mm -hmm. and be a little bit strange. Okay. Um, they, they were so embraced in America, brought here by the Dutch, right. in the 1600s, yeah. that from the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, waffle parties were held waffle parties were held and they weren't called waffle parties but they were called waffle frolics officially <laughs> oh, no, no you can laugh but yeah. if you if you were transported back in your time machine <laughs> yeah. to you know 1700 dutch uh, yeah. pennsylvania yeah. and you you showed up on the street corner and said where's the nearest waffle frolic uh, yeah. somebody was oh, oh, oh right down the corner right, right there yeah. they're having one and there's it's another over one yonder yes. right so they would they would, truthfully this yeah. i'm not i'm not over exaggerating this yeah, yeah. uh yeah. waffle frolics and it was it was a big deal Elaborate directions on how to throw waffle frolics, huh. elaborate directions on how to properly cook the waffles because they were using, of course, this is before electricity, so they're using these, these gigantic um, iron waffle irons, right, right. actually iron waffle irons that they would have to put into the fire. Mm -hmm. And then it was said that it was the flipping of the waffle that was particularly difficult at the waffle yeah, frolic. I bet. And it was said <laughs> that if if the woman was in charge of this and she flipped the waffle and it fell out, mm. that she was doomed to remain unmarried for oh. at least five years. Oh. So this is how serious that, how serious people took their waffles wow. and their waffle frolicking that if you couldn't flip it the right way, eh, you mm. know, why don't you... Hang out a little bit longer, work on your skills, brush up on things, and and let's see where you might be in so, five years. As the man who brings us the boudin cook-off every yeah. year in downtown Lafayette, would right. you have been, would you have, if you'd been alive back in the day, 
Would you have thrown a waffle frolicking party? Would you be frolicking around? Yes. Absolutely. This is the, <laughs> this is the point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. That's this, what I expect. this is yes. the point. Yes. People can use history to make their modern That's lives right. a little bit more interesting. So uh -huh. you can go ahead and have waffles for breakfast the way that you normally do. Yeah. But if you start calling what you do in the morning a waffle frolic, you will feel better about yourself. <laughs> it will be a little bit more in exciting yeah. it'll be a little bit more enticing the uh, kids will enjoy confuse it confuse your kids yeah the kid yeah the kids will be confused but ultimately they'll they'll like it and then they won't understand why no one else calls it a waffle frolic but it's okay so this is where we are this is uh waffle thursday the ego waffle and the waffle frolicking so as you know, we watch the World Cup on Saturday morning, and the U.S. plays the Dutch. Yeah, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, right. There you go, Brandon. Yes. This is what better opportunity would there possibly <laughs> yes. be for someone to bring this into yes. the fold? So every time they score a goal, and I'm talking about the Dutch because I'm, a, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not worried about the U.S. Brandon, in that contest. I hope you're not. Should I have a waffle? <laughs> well, do something. Yes. Throw a waffle yeah. at the TV. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping um, you was not. Gonna say every time USA scores a goal, you'll get one free waffle. Nah, you, gonna, you might not give away any, unfortunately. Nah, but hey, you gotta give it to him. Uh, I hope, man. Yeah. I hope. But no, man, the 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 USA and the Dutch. I thought that's where you were gonna end up going. Oh but. yeah, no, I wasn't even thinking about. Yeah, that. yeah, I yeah. Where he was going with it. Okay. Yeah, there you so, go. Yeah, but that's a. It, uh -huh. it is a good. Yeah, the, good the, the Dutch and the waffles. I love the waffles. Man, those are so good. I didn't. I did not realize. I I didn't realize their history with it. I love it That's, because yeah. really, when you realize, I mean, the first recorded recipe for waffles, mm -hmm. thirteen ninety three. So everything else aside, it's it's just great to remember and know that oh, we are God. all connected yeah. again. You know, very very tightly, yeah. even back hundreds of years on a common food. I wonder how well it, how good it tasted back then. Well, it's interesting you ask because yeah. one of the big differences between a modern waffle and a historical waffle, yeah, yeah, as yeah. it were, uh -huh. is the amount of fat that goes into the, the, okay. the batter. Yeah. And we tend to put a lot more fat into the batter today. Well, that's um, not surprising. Right. And so actually the, <laughs> the, the ratio would have been maybe four tablespoons of fat into a, um, into a batter, a mm -hmm. mix of batter then. And it's it's now eight tablespoons today. And yeah. I mean, this all depends on how you're making your waffles right. and such and such. But but yeah, people who study waffles and study the history of waffles mm. have have tracked down. All right, well, what are these recipes? What are the differences? And it's the amount yeah. of fat actually, which oh. I think makes our waffle probably better than their waffle. Probably better tasting, but not better for you. And right, better tasting, yeah. not necessarily better for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're not cooking it in an actual roaring wood fire. Yeah. So your 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 results are probably a little bit more consistent today. There you go. All you want to know about waffles. And it's weird that I'm serious. It's weird that you we were talking about it this morning. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And no right. death in it, though? No, 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 no well, died I, did, I, did have, I do have a list of several hundred people who have died from choking on waffles, but well, I, decided, I decided yeah. to keep that well, just to no, myself. Well, you know, when you when you brought up the, the story of the woman flipping the waffle and it falling, I, I was afraid it was going to end in... Like stone. It ends in her death like, yeah. by hanging or something. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, right. She shouldn't <laughs> die for the mistake. Like, and then they tied yes. stones to her ankle. 
sprinkles and well, threw her exactly. in the pond. Just, man. <laughs> well, Back in the day, you never know. She was just doomed to not be able to marry for five that's years. Right. That, that's like getting off easy back then. Which to so. some of us, that's good. <laughs> oh. I'm just kidding. All right. I know she's listening. Uh, all right. Um, Bob, man, uh, always appreciate you uh, dropping by, especially giving yeah. us some uh, great info about waffles and breakfast food this morning. You got anything else for you, you to take off? No, that's it. You all tapped out? Yeah, okay. I'm all tapped out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, go about your day Dirty knees done dirt cheap. There you go. Frolic with the waffles. All right, so we'll go ahead and take this quick uh, break. Uh, Kim Commando coming up next. Love the media calls Elon Musk's latest Twitter revelation a bombshell. Most of us knew it all along. I'm Kim Commando, brought to you by T-Mobile. Their advanced network now goes farther than ever before. Visit T-Mobile.com slash 55 today. Yesterday, Elon Musk acknowledged the obvious. purposely interfered in the elections through its content moderation. That is, what gets published and what gets censored. Case in point... Twitter's former head of trust and safety, that was actual title, admitted that Twitter censored the Hunter Biden laptop story. His name is Joel Roth, and he resigned from Twitter because he didn't like Elon Musk. It was Roth who oversaw suppression of the story. You can't make this stuff up, friends. And as we're talking about election interference, how much of this was going on at MAGA? That is, Meta, Apple, Google, and Amazon. And as long as we're on subject, what about major news outlets too? If Twitter interfered, it's obvious others did it. Remember to try my new Daily Tech podcast. It's perfect for when you're on the go. Called Kim Commando Today. Prices on everything are rising. But thanks to CarShield, I don't worry about how much it will cost to fix my car when it breaks down. CarShield's price will never go up. And they help handle everything. When I took my older Mercedes to for an inspection, I was told $4,000 in repairs. But thanks to my CarShield protection plan, I only had covered $100 deductible. They took care of everything the same day. No paperwork or headaches. And when you today, you'll lock in your price. So as long as you cover your car, you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs. CarShield has my back when my car breaks down. They can have yours too. Get coverage like I did. CarShield.com slash Kim or call 800-858-2550 to save 10% on your plan. That's CarShield.com slash Kim or 800 858 2550. That's 800 858 to save 10%. CarShield.com slash The Fox Business Report is brought to you by Gulf Coast Bank, your local community bank. Whether your financial needs are for an individual, a business, or for the whole family, Gulf Coast Bank has the knowledge and products to serve you best. With nine convenient locations throughout Acadiana, you're never far from a friendly Gulf Coast Bank associate. I'm Connell McShane. This is the Fox Biz Report. Swiss authorities are out with their most detailed disclosures so far about assets held by Russian nationals in their country, saying they've been notified of $48.5 billion worth of assets and that the total amount frozen in Switzerland under sanctions is worth roughly $8 billion. And Delta makes it harder and more to get into their airport lounges. This after the air carrier says it's faced complaints of overcrowding from travelers. Among the changes, only diamond, platinum, gold, and silver medallion members can purchase new club memberships moving forward. Prices are also going up for those memberships. And starting next February, those flying on basic economy tickets will no longer be allowed inside unless they have a benefit through an eligible American Express credit card. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Lillian Boo, invested in you. 
This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good. Never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. How can you help a child in need during the holiday season? Rose's Angels, here at News Talk 96.5 KPL. We are teaming up once again with Robin McMillan of McMillan's Pub to gather gifts for kids in Acadiana who otherwise wouldn't be getting a gift this year. Robin helps to get presents for kids in lots of different groups throughout Acadiana. Boys and Girls Clubs of Acadiana, Casa, Arch, Smile. Other requests come in. Hundreds of children need help. Robin, through Rose's Angels, is asking for help, and we would be humbled by what you could do. If you'd like to adopt a child, all you have to do is call Robin's number, 337-781-7069. That's 337-781-7069. That's 337-781-7069 to become one of Rose's Angels. It's an easy process. Thank you so much from all of us at News Talk 96.5 APEL. says he messed up big. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News, the founder and now ex-CEO of the cryptocurrency exchange FTX that went bankrupt. I made a lot of mistakes or are things I would give anything to be able to do over again. Sam Bankman-Fried, who's under criminal and civil investigation over billions of dollars investors lost, tells the New York Times via video from the Bahamas he never tried to commit fraud. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and it, a lot of it's not in my hands at this point. Um, but I, uh, I want to be helpful wherever I can. It's on to the Senate for legislation that would prevent a railroad workers strike next week that could do big damage to the economy. It would force unions into a contract they rejected, like the Brotherhood of Railroad Signalmen. Its president, Michael Baldwin, tells Fox Business, Congress is taking away their negotiating leverage. Once that's signed, that is law uh, for, for uh, uh, employees or unions in the industry to hold a strike would be illegal. Lawmakers may also vote to give them an extra seven days of paid sick time. A federal appeals court ruling keeps President Biden's student loan debt forgiveness plan on hold. The president's pledging to give Native Americans more say in the federal government at a White House Tribal Nations Summit. Now today, he hosts French President Emmanuel Macron. The state dinner and press conference today comes after Biden cast doubt on a 2024 re-election bid, giving this response yesterday to someone in a crowd who shouted four more years thank you all very much i don't know about that is what he said biden previously said he would make his decision on whether or not to seek another term at some point in the new year fox's jackie heinrich at the white house in moscow idaho a vigil last night for the four university students found murdered at a home more than two weeks ago police have no suspect and are now walking back an earlier theory at least one victim was targeted america's listening to fox news Smith & Wesson is committed to empowering Americans no matter what. With inflation hitting everywhere, we've decided to make a change. Now, you can buy a Smith & Wesson Shield Plus, our most popular concealed carry firearm, at an all-new low price, $100 off MSRP. We're absorbing the costs and passing along the savings to you so you don't have to compromise on personal security. Visit smithandwesson.com to find a Shield Plus near you. 
Smith & Wesson. Always expect the best. Missed Black Friday? Dell's Cyber Monday event starts now with deals on powerful business tech. The savings start now with up to 50% off on select business PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Don't forget special pricing on the latest monitors, docks, and accessories, plus free shipping on everything and special financing with Dell Business Credit. Call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL for Cyber Monday deals. That's 877-ASK-DELL. House Democrats are finally able to review former President Trump's taxes. Six years of returns handed over by the Treasury Department after the Supreme Court rejected Trump attempts to block that. The former president has not released any public comment, but has fought against releasing his tax returns since he was a presidential candidate in 2016. The committee will also have access to some of his business tax returns. On Fox's Ryan Schmelz, House Republicans could end that review when they take over the majority next Congress. Homeland Security is telling us a heightened threat environment remains in place. The DHS report called the National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin warns of lone offenders and groups motivated by a range of ideologies that pose a danger. It says threat actors could use upcoming events to justify or commit acts of violence. Those events could include certifications of the midterm elections, the holidays, and gatherings marking two years since the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. DHS says targets of violence include faith-based and institutions, racial and religious minorities, government facilities and personnel, and others. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. A hung jury at the rape trial of an actor in Los Angeles. Jurors informing a judge they were not able to reach a verdict on the charges against that 70s show actor Danny Masterson, leading to a mistrial. The 46-year-old who pled not guilty was arrested in 2020, accused of raping three women between 2001 and 2003 in his Hollywood Hills home, including a former girlfriend. The women, all referred to as Jane Doe's, are former members of the Church of Scientology, of which Masterson is a member. Prosecutors alleging the church tried to silence the women. The defense arguing prosecutors were more interested in the church than justice and claiming inconsistencies in the accuser's statements. That's Fox's Kristen Goodwin. Prosecutors could retry Masterson next year. On Wall Street, stock futures are flat the day after a big rally surging up. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. For Cape Hill News, I'm Brandon Como. Lafayette police have arrested a 20-year-old Lafayette man in connection with the shooting death of a 22-year-old, LPD arrested Dylan Louvier in the death of Carrington Sam of Lafayette. Sam was shot and killed Wednesday around noon at Lafayette Apartment Complex on Reserve Drive. Louisiana's first through third graders showed improvement on a literacy test this fall, but Whitney Thomas reports the state's public school education leader is concerned the percentage of kindergartners reading below grade level has declined. The first 30 days of the school year is dedicated to the literacy screener that analyzes the child's reading ability as they prepare to enter a new grade. Third graders were able to see a 1.3% improvement. Superintendent of Education, Kate Brumley, says now the focus is on kindergartners. The decline is in kindergarten. This means that these students are not coming to school the level of preparedness that the students as a whole did. Kindergarten scores declined by 2%, but Brumley says with consistent work, scores will improve. We have to stay the course. I'm Whitney Thomas. Well, there's some good news. Gas prices in Louisiana were on average 303 for a gallon of regular 
and AAA forecasters say that price could drop below 3 bucks as early as today. Gas prices have dropped 28 cents since last month and are down a dime compared to one year ago. The State Department of Transportation has an interactive map that allows the public to provide input on proposed highway projects. Jeff Palermo has a story. The projects on the interactive map that can be found on the State Department of Transportation's website are highway projects that have been already discussed by lawmakers. Department of Transportation spokesperson Rodney Mallett says the map allows the public to provide their own comments. Good way to find out what the people in the region are interested in uh, project-wise for their infrastructure. The map contains a bunch of different projects, and the public comment period ends January 6th. Again, go to DOTD's website to find it. I'm Jeff Palermo. We now take a look into state news as a month-long narcotic investigation in Caddo Parish leads to the arrest of 53-year-old Emmanuel Barrett of Shreveport. Head of the Caddo Parish Sheriff's Drug Task Force, Lieutenant Darren Marshall, says when they searched Barrett's home, they found a significant amount of illegal substances. We got uh, about 69 grams of marijuana and about 69 grams of methamphetamines. Marshall says the street value of those substances was over $7,000. Earlier this month, a wastewater study indicated the city of Shreveport has twice the national average of meth, giving the area a notorious distinction. Marshall says the arrest of Barrett will make a difference. That amount of drugs that we took off of him will not hit the streets of Cattle Parish, so that right there is significant in itself. Marshall says in his 20 years in law enforcement, he's seen the meth problem grow increasingly alarming and they are doing all they can to contain it. We are investigating meth dealers in the Cattle Parish area and we should be taking them off the street here in the near future. Meanwhile, in St. Tammany Parish, the coroner confirms charred remains found Monday in a double murder case as those of a missing local priest. Here's more from Brooke Thorrington. Covington PD Sergeant Edwin Masters says the city is shocked by the brutal crime. It's absolutely devastating. One of the two badly burned bodies found Monday is confirmed as that of retired local priest Father Otis Young. The other victim has not yet been positively identified. The coroner says both victims died of blunt force trauma, then were set aflame. Masters says a suspect, Antonio Tyson, has been arrested and details in the investigation are being withheld for now. We'll release further information on how Mr. Tyson became our suspect in a later press conference. I'm Brooke Thorrington. The former chief of police and a city council member from the town of Amit have been sentenced in a vote-buying scheme. Former Chief Jerry Trabona and former council member Chris Hart were sentenced to a year in prison for violating federal election laws. The former top cop was also ordered to pay a $10,000 fine. But if you happen to see a fully restored red 1970 Chevrolet Chevelle on the streets or in a trailer, you might want to notify police. A classic car matching that description was stolen from the New Orleans area. NOPD does have a person of interest in custody, but they still haven't located the classic car. St. Landry Parish President Jesse Bellard says the director of animal control in that parish has been fired. Terry Corville was released from that position yesterday. There was no specific reason given for the dismissal, but St. Landry Animal Control has been the focus of many complaints and calls about neglect and animal attacks in the parish. As gusty cold breezes were blowing into Louisiana yesterday, the state said goodbye to hurricane season 2022. The season had 14 named storms, but was still quieter than preseason forecasts projected. We can thank dust from the Sahara Desert for keeping things calm in the tropics during the peak of the season in July and August. Well, that strong cold front that blew in yesterday actually created a bit of a snowstorm on the UL campus. Not really, but UL's Student Government Association did host their annual snow day on campus yesterday. 
complete with snow machines and snowball fights. For many who attended, it's the first time they've ever seen snow in person. In sports, Southern will play Jackson State in the SWAC championship game on Saturday. The Tigers trounced the Jaguars in the regular season matchup, winning 35 to nothing. By the way, that is the same Jackson State coached by Deion Sanders. Southern coach Eric Dooley says they need to execute better. Of course, we want a different outcome, but uh, we're going to work our game plan. We think we like the game plan that we had before, uh, and we like the game plan that we're working on right now as we speak. So, of course, we are, we're going to compete at a high level. Some things that we, we wasn't able to do uh, in the past, but we don't, we don't go back to the past. We just look forward to it. The game will be played at Jackson State's home field. Dooley says that doesn't bother him. When you play at Southern University, you understand the stage that you're going to play on. So a crowd never been a factor for us. But even uh, just uh, going back to the, to the game, I mean, we had opportunity. We had some things that we missed on. Uh, we should have scored early in, in, in the game. Uh, we missed on some missed opportunities. So the crowd is not a factor of us because you're going to have Jaguar Nation there as well. And uh, the SEC LSU getting ready to take on Georgia in the SEC championship game and after allowing 274 rushing yards in the loss to Texas A&M, the Tigers' defense looks to bounce back this Saturday. LSU cornerback Makai Garner admits they came out flat against the Aggies. We just saw the record and just assumed that A&M was just going to come out and just let us have the W, you know. Um, but obviously that didn't happen, you know. But things that we've seen on film, all the corrections that, that can be made are all fixable. So that's a good thing. Now, Georgia leads the nation for the fewest points allowed, allowing just 11 a game, and they ranked fourth in total defense. Tigers freshman tight end Mason Taylor on the dogs' defense. They're definitely good. I mean, their defense is probably top in the country, but um, they have a, a good a good front, good secondary, overall good defense. So we just got to go out there and play LSU football and just uh, stick to the, what we're coached. Georgia's quarterback Stetson Bennett is second in the SEC in passing yards. His top receiver is Brock Bowers. Garner says they're really good at the tight end position. Tight ends, too, now. The tight ends are a big role in that, in that offense. You know, they got a few guys at the receiver spot, too, that are nice. But, um, man, that offense, man, that big, that big offense, man. That's, you just got to come out there with just more physicality. You just got to come out and bring it. That's all it is, though, to stop that offense. Meanwhile, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, it's the waiting game right now as they continue to wait to see which bowl game will officially accept them. But in the meantime, you can go to kpal965.com. Coach Desermo uh, sitting down with our friends over at our sibling station, 103.3 The Goat. Coach Desermo talking bowl games, seniors, and a lot more. You can check that out at the website, kpal965.com. Again, Coach Desermo, you can check out his interview with Scott Prather from 103.3 The Goat at our website, kpal 965 Plenty of sunshine across Acadiana today. Those temperatures are going to push their way to about 62 degrees for the high. Winds from the northeast at 10 to 15 miles an hour. It does stay nice and breezy out there throughout the course of the day today. Lows tonight going to be dropping down into the 40s. We'll see fog developing by tomorrow morning. I think plenty of moisture on the way for the end of the work week with mostly cloudy skies by the end of the day on Friday and staying that way into Saturday with some scattered showers possible Saturday as well. Rainfall going to be coming to an end on Sunday, but those clouds do linger and so do the warm temperatures. In fact, we've got a warm front that's going to slide through and kind of stall across the area, keeping us in the warm sector. For temperatures be mid to upper 70s as we go through the end of the weekend and on into next week with cloudy skies and possible spotty showers.
From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPAL. Find more for your holiday at Family Dollar, like Betty Crocker baking goods, ornaments, and hundreds of toys under $15. Family Dollar, helping you do more. News Talk 96.5 KPAL. Right now, traffic. All right, we have a few crashes to report to you, one of them being Pinhook at University. That's Pinhook at University. Also, Congress Street uh, near its intersection with uh, St. Patrick Street. That's Congress near St. Patrick. And also, we've got a crash near Hub City Ford just off the Evangeline Thruway. Move over, Razor. Hello, Laser. Call Williamson Cosmetic Center for their laser hair removal special package pricing at 337-735-3870. Let them help you get ready for summer. Our salute to America brought to you by Jim Olivier's Home Improvement and Roofing, Louisiana. Good morning. Welcome into Lafayette Live. What you doing, Eddie? You pulling a, an automobile? I'm giving here? my seat. 
<laughs> I mean, how we said that with Bob, uh, the gentleman is uh, yielding his time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so here we go. So Tanya Lacoste is going to jump into Eddie's uh, seat right now. This is Lafayette Live with Lafayette uh, Mayor President Josh Guillory. Good morning. Good morning. Favorite, right. favorite morning of the week. Hey, there we go. And we got a lot to talk about today, by the Let's way. Do it. So, all right, and so we have a special guest here this morning, Lafayette Police Chief uh, Judith Estridge. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, please tell me that I said your uh, last name correctly. Estorge. Estorge. Okay, thank you. All right, so... We've got a lot of issues to discuss. One thing we're going to discuss a little bit later on in the program is uh, the initiative that's uh, going to be talked about next week at the council when, as it uh, pertains to uh, the Hyman Center, the, the new Hyman Performing Arts Center. We had a great discussion yesterday with our listeners, with the Winging It Wednesday panelists, and so we're going to get your thoughts on that ahead of Tuesday's big meeting. Um, also, we're going to talk a little bit about something that was uh, something that was released between the last time you were here two weeks ago and now. And talking about the north side and making the north side better, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the program, um, an initiative that uh, came out, that press release that you guys put out um, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. But first off, how was uh, Thanksgiving for y'all? Chief, let's go with you first. How, how, was, uh, how was your Thanksgiving holiday? It was very nice. Mm -hmm. I spent it at home with family and friends. No, oh, there you go. Uh, ate too much? Of course. You have to do that for Thanksgiving. Um, how about you, uh all good. No, it's all good. good. It's quiet. Hey, look, enjoy, enjoy time with family. And yeah. I was working a little bit. We had some sewage issues around yeah, the yeah. city, so we're never not the mayor president, but we but we take that with uh, with love and pride. And Tanya, you know, you're jumping on the microphone today. How about your uh, Thanksgiving? How was oh, it? it was great. We were with family in Morgan City and there you go. like everyone else, right. ate Morgan a lot. City. There you go. How went 90? <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and jump into this. Okay, so uh, Chief, you're here this morning. And, you know, one thing that... Was brought up was the uh, Lafayette City Council, some members bringing up the questions of the security detail that uh, comes with you uh, here, Lafayette Mayor President uh, Guillory. We see him every Thursday here and bringing up, is it really necessary to have the security detail? And so, Chief, we want to let you uh, d uh, weigh in on that. And then, uh, Mayor, want to let you weigh in on that as well. So, Chief, go right on ahead. I'm here to provide transparency mm -hmm. and to be as clear as I can about our duties, but the safety of the mayor president and our team, I will not reveal our strategies or our tactics. Mm -hmm. The executive protection unit was formed in 1992 by Jim Kraft, mm -hmm. who was in command at that time. Right. The policy states that it's our responsibility to provide personal protection and security to local officials, including the city and parish councils, and visiting officials. We provide security and protection for city and parish council meetings, town hall meetings, and visiting dignitaries. This is not uncommon. Several other forces within the state and all across the country have similar policies and provide security and protection in the same manner. It may seem like this mayor president or administration has more security or protection than previous mayors, and that's because we have more threats today and we live in a different environment. For example, the school violence we've had, it's increased over the last several years and we've had to react accordingly. Mm -hmm. We do have full-time officers on the executive protection unit, but they do not provide security and protection to the mayor president around the clock. 
we determine when security is needed, not the mayor president. The administration provides us with the mayor president's schedule. We, ask, we assess the situation and make a determination whether protection is needed. Sometimes we get information from federal agencies mm -hmm. to increase security or protection because of potential threats. We take these threats seriously and we work with those agencies to do our job. The unit falls under my direction and command. So if I see the need to increase or decrease the unit, I will do so accordingly. I can assure you that we're always working to be proactive and do whatever it takes to protect our elected officials visiting dignitaries, and just as important, the people around these officials. There we go. All right, so, um, you know, I remember back during the pandemic, back in 2020, when there were some threats that uh, came your way, Mayor, um, and, you know, that was a time when the security detail was being highlighted in the news as um, something that was... Um, you know, being provided, if you will, or, or it was highlighted that it was being provided to you. Um, because, you know, it, it's something that the threats have to be taken seriously. And then, as we talked about here, we've been getting all these uh, threats against schools. You know, those have to be taken seriously as well. Well, now, all of a sudden, as we mentioned, you've got some council members that are raising the question about the security detail. Um, this is your opportunity on the microphone to respond to what the council's doing. Well, there's not too much to respond to. Mm -hmm. Chief, uh, Chief pretty much laid out the, the policies that have been around well before I was in office. I think, Chief, you said 1992? Mm -hmm. Correct. So that's, that's 28 years, 30 right. years. So, um, you know, I just follow protocol, and, and I, I do agree with the uh, – I can tell you from my experience, uh, the, the environment has changed uh, just since I've been in office. Um, you know, but, I look, I let, I let firefighters do their job, let police officers do their job. We, we respect the heck out of them. We try to put them in the best position to succeed. And uh, and I believe most council members do as well, and uh, I'll give I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But look, this will all play itself out. Yeah, Brandon, mm -hmm. if I can add, yes. so this mm -hmm. started mm -hmm. as questions the council had mm -hmm. about drainage projects. Right, right. Then they wanted an audit. Mm -hmm. Then council members named it an investigation. Mm -hmm. So in the end, voted to investigate drainage projects. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's after the questions were answered. The questions had already been answered. Mm -hmm. So now we have shifted focus from drainage to security. So right. security. So how do we go from drainage to security and a unit, the executive protection unit that's existed since 1992? Yeah. And, you know, I know the question that was brought up by some of the council members, and I know that you addressed this, Chief, with the whole 24-7 um, mention in, in your statement. Um, but the the question that was brought up was, should security detail uh, be with you, uh, Mayor, even when you go to one of your quote-unquote side hustles? You're, <laughs> you're still the Lafayette mayor president who needs, who, who, yeah. who needs to be protected. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know if that deserves warrants a response, mm -hmm. but uh, but I will tell you again. I think Chief laid out the policy. Right. You know, those guys assess every situation. Uh, not only for me, I'm not the only elected official in this mm -hmm. parish uh, and in this city, and uh, we just let those guys do their job. And it seems like more of a mm -hmm. witch hut now now than it did from the start. So I'm not just saying this like you know for your benefit, Mayor. I'm just going to be honest. People that I have talked to that ever since this has been raised. 
by the council, um, people that have just, you know, expressed their opinion to me, don't really, they kind of find this as silly. Um, you know, and like that, this is just another thing that is being brought up in the world of local politics. And and Brian, and that's what it is. Look, tis the season. It's it's definitely a season of Christmas season where we mm-hmm. celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But it's also political season, and mm-hmm. this is this is political theater, and it'll play itself out. I trust the folks, trust the people. You know, they they see through. They they know how to look at people's feet, not their lips, mm-hmm. and actions speak uh, louder than words. Yeah. And if I can add, the mayor, president, Chief S. George, you mentioned uh, there are cities across our state. Yes, there are several. New Orleans, Shreveport, Alexandria, Jefferson Parish, to name a few, Mm -hmm. also have security details. So this is not unusual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, look, I just, hey, the policy's in place. Um, Before I got in office, I respect the policy, respect the process, definitely respect our officers. Uh, Chief is uh, actually she inherited the policy too, so it's it's you know her job to, to lead the force. She's doing a great job, and but again, all of this will play itself out. We have no problem answering questions, and and that's what we're doing. So that's why we come on here every Thursday morning. We we you know pride ourselves on transparency, and it's the reason why this is my favorite morning of the week. I, I love I love it. And we get some good ideas from the public too. You know, no no one person knows everything, but I'll tell you this: we live in a great city and a great parish, and and. It's a great time to be here. And, you know, we always open it up for, for questions, 232-1542, or you can message us via the app chat like James from Lafayette did. Uh, just ask a simple question to you. Uh, just ask a simple question. I think this will go more to you, Chief. Is the security team required to protect the mayor for personal time? That's just a simple question that was put. Do you want to field that one? or? What do you mean personal time? I think she already answered it. Yeah, yeah. She assesses, okay. look, the police department assesses the situation and makes a decision. And just like on Thanksgiving when I was working, there is, there's no such thing as personal time. And, that, and that's the, that, is, that is the bottom line. I mean, if you look at just my dedicated, where I know I'm going to be working 50, 60, 70 hours a week, mm-hmm. that, there's so many things that are not on my calendar that pops up because I'm never not the mayor president. Yeah. Just like council members are never not the council members. Just like other, other officials are never not officials. So, mm-hmm. but I, I do trust our departments, just like I trust our drainage department to handle drainage issues, our public works department to tr- uh, to handle public works issues. I trust our police department to handle issues that involve the police department. They have a protocol in place that was in place before I got in office, and they assess the situation. They're the experts, not I. And um, and there there are times, and I, I love you guys. There are times I don't want you around me, but you know, I want some privacy. But you know, it is what it is. And um, it's and and I also have to realize though, Brandon, that. You know, it's not just me. I mean, look, if somebody wants to shoot me, they're going to shoot me, okay? Mm-hmm. But there's people around me, and, and, and you know, there, is, there, are, there are aspects of collateral damage that mm-hmm. the police department is, is, has a responsibility to, to minimize, and that's just the bottom line. I accept that when I raise my right hand, put my hand on the Bible, and took, took the oath. It is what it is. All right. We're going to go ahead and uh, leave it there. We'll go ahead and take a quick break. We've got a brief look at news, and we'll continue on with Lafayette Live here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Lafayette Live is brought to you by Southside Roofing at 337 Roofing, serving the Acadiana area for 20 years. Call Southside Roofing today at 337 Roofing for all of your roofing needs. News Talk 96.5 KPL, broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at matthew-james.com. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the KPL News app. Now the headlines from the KPL News Center. For KPL News, I'm Brandon Como. 
Lafayette police have arrested a 20-year-old Lafayette man in connection with the shooting death of a 22-year-old. LPD arrested Dylan Louvier in the death of Carrington Sam of Lafayette. Sam was shot and killed Wednesday around noon at a Lafayette apartment complex on Reserve Drive. Louisiana's Department of Education says reading scores for students in grades 1 through 3 across the state are up, but those same skills were off by about 2% for Louisiana's kindergarten kids. State officials blame the lower scores for younger students on delays brought on by the pandemic. Gas prices in Louisiana were on average 303 for a gallon of regular, and AAA forecasters say that price could drop below 3 bucks as early as today. Gas prices have dropped 28 cents since last month and are down a dime compared to one year ago. As gusty cold breezes were blowing into Louisiana yesterday, the state said goodbye to hurricane season 2022. The season had 14 named storms, but was still quieter than preseason forecasts projected. We can thank dust from the Sahara Desert for keeping things calm in the tropics during the peak of the season in July and August. And that strong cold front that blew in yesterday actually created a bit of a snowstorm on the UL campus. Well, not really, but UL Student Government Association did host their annual snow day on campus yesterday, complete with snow machines and snowball fights. For many who attended, it's the first time they've ever seen snow in person. You're up to date. I'm Brandon Como. Plenty of sunshine across Acadiana today. Those temperatures are going to push their way to about 62 degrees for the high winds from the northeast at 10 to 15 miles an hour. It does stay nice and breezy out there throughout the course of the day today. Lows tonight going to be dropping down into the 40s. We'll see fog developing by tomorrow morning. I think plenty of moisture on the way for the end of the work week with mostly cloudy skies by the end of the day on Friday and staying that way into Saturday with some scattered showers possible Saturday as well. Rainfall going to be coming to an end on Sunday, but those clouds do linger, and so do the warm temperatures. In fact, we've got a warm front that's going to slide through and kind of stall across the area, keeping us in the warm sector. For temperatures, be mid to upper 70s as we go through the end of the weekend and on into next week with cloudy skies and possible spotty showers. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. When choosing a roofing company, you can trust Southside Roofing. They'll provide quality craftsmanship and exceptional customer service. Southside Roofing at 337 Roofing, that's 337 Roofing, has shingles in stock. They can help you with financing to get your project started right away. Also, they do home improvements as well. Whether it's a minor repair or a major remodel, Southside Roofing, they can get it done. They have specialists that offer the same quality of craftsmanship and exceptional customer service that you've come to expect on each and every project. Southside Roofing is a local company, and they have a lot in common with you. They know what's important, and they get the job done. Call Southside Roofing today at 337-ROOFING. That's 337-ROOFING, 337-766-3464. News Talk 96.5, KPL. right now, traffic. All right, taking a look at traffic right now. We do still have that crash on Congress Street uh, with injuries. Uh, also, you have a crash, Evangeline Thruway at 12th Street. That's Evangeline at 12th. But again, that crash on Congress near its intersection with St. Patrick Street, and there are injuries involved. The Still Holiday Gift Guide has outdoor power tools and more for everybody on your list. Visit your local steel dealer and go online to stihlusa.com slash gift guide. Find more for your holiday at Family Dollar, like Betty Crocker Baking Goods. 
ornaments, and hundreds of toys under $15. Family Dollar, helping you do more. All right, welcome back into Lafayette Live with Lafayette Mayor President Josh Guillory. I have a poker face. <laughs> there you go. I need to work on it, though. The problem is I don't have a poker face. You know, what you see is what you get, and that's why I'm in the... Probably... <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, well, look, I mean, hey, we all get better at uh, at figuring out how to say things, you know? Right, there's hope. And, yeah, there you go. Um, so, all right, so let's jump into a discussion that was had yesterday here on Acadiana's Morning News. And, you know, it's a, a conversation now that's starting to happen more throughout the community, especially as the council will be taking up the issue on Tuesday. Where should the new Hyman Performing Arts Center be located? Um, so there was a study that was done by Alita, and you'll be able to provide more on this, um, that was uh, set to look at this, at where, you know, all the optics and the money issues and everything pertaining to everything that would go into moving the Hyman Performing Arts Center to a different location in Lafayette. And now the council is calling for the opportunity to look at bringing in another group to look at this, correct? That, that's correct. But I'll tell you, look, um, you know, to the to the city council's benefit, uh, you know, we do try our best to work with all our colleagues. And I've had some pretty good conversations mm -hmm. with several members of the city council. And um, I believe with some updated information forms so that they can be fully educated and informed of the situation, they may they may uh, not be inclined to spend an additional seventy thousand uh, dollars out of the city general fund to to fund this study so let's let's just kind of look back a little bit to so last year year and a half there's been um several meetings of community stakeholders very diverse group i, I know that i've been in several, several of those meetings where it was identified that certain stakeholders weren't uh weren't present that we wanted to include them so we made sure that that they were included mm -hmm. um and that includes our downtown stakeholders and uh, aca included and everyone agreed Everyone in the in the in the community stakeholder group agreed that Lita, who's uh, Lafayette Economic Development Authority, who has no no skin in the game, no no interest uh, as far as a particular site goes, yeah. was an independent entity to study the situation. They spent eighty thousand dollars on a study, mm -hmm. very objective. Went went uh, across the board, met with a bunch of stakeholders, and the study. And this is just for location. Wasn't about utility or, or use of the building or what the functionality should be. Just just pure location. Looked at a whole bunch of factors, and and there's presentations on this, and it's public. Um, and it was determined that across from the Cajun Dome was the recommended site, and it uh, it took into consideration lots of I think seven sites, if I recall correctly, from the Northgate Mall to downtown to uh, Trappe. I don't know if Trappe was involved, but there was there's six or seven sites. So the Northgate Mall site was considered. Yes. Okay, because that was something that was brought up yesterday by a listener that said, hey, why not put it in the Northgate Mall or in uh, the abandoned building in that area? And look, the Northgate Mall, I, I, on a side note, I believe has is ripe for opportunity. Mm -hmm. I and mean, if you look at the investments that we're making in the north side, you can take the last three years and, and take the capital investments, mm -hmm. take the investments that we have in, in that's on the books right now, like that's funded. You can take the last thirty years adding up; it won't add up to our investments in the north side. There's there's some there's things popping in the north side of Lafayette. So the Northgate Mall has opportunity. It might not be a performing arts center, um, but it but it has it has the opportunity so to be since, big. So since you brought it up, 
for those that you know aren't living on the north side that don't pay attention as much, but would love to know more about that. What are maybe an initiative or two that you can give us that's been done? Yeah, and Tanya, my, my sidekick here can add in. I'm, I'm going to start off. I'll kick it off, Tanya, but but fill in the gaps for me. Look, I'm really excited about this. Talk mm-hmm. about meeting with stakeholders and community yeah. leaders. And, you know, the, the best the best answers are usually with the folks, usually with people that are passionate about mm-hmm. a situation or, or, you know, know the know the, right. the area. So uh, I meet monthly with, with leaders in, in our community, uh, primarily in the – you know, this particular group's with the, uh, located in the north side from uh, business owners to public agencies mm-hmm. to our, our pastors, um, church leaders in, in the community. And um, we've been working on assessing the needs because you got to know where you got to know where you're at before before you can plan. Right. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, where are you at? Where do you want to be and how are you going to get there? My directors are, that are listening know <clears throat> they hear that all the time. Where are we at? Where do we want to be and how are we going to get there? So you got to know where you're at. So we needed to do an objective needs assessment survey. Mm-hmm. And comms is working really, really hard with our community stakeholders. So, Tanya, tell us a little bit about it. The mayor president just mentioned his regular meetings, and you're talking about your task force. It was the uh, Northside Pastors and Community Leaders Task Force. That's correct. You created that back in 2020. In 2020. Well, Reverend Sylvia Cluse, mm-hmm. she sits on this task force, and she is uh, the person who headed up this survey, right. uh, working closely, of course, and with a uh, chief of Minority Affairs, Carlos Harvin. So. Mm-hmm. The point of it is is to improve the quality of life. Right. The survey pastors, um, community leaders want to know about frustrations, goals, dreams. They need as many people to take the, the survey as possible. Mm-hmm. And this is not only just people who live on the north side, yeah, people yeah. who live, work, shop, worship. Take the survey because the feedback is going to help identify these barriers. Barriers like access to employment, mm-hmm. access to business opportunities, health care, resources. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I would think that people on the south side of Lafayette and, you know, that. OK, I'll point out exactly what uh, the chief of minority affairs, Carlos Harvin, had to say. He said, we're one city, but we don't have the same quality of life. It's noticeable mm-hmm. when you leave the south side and go to the north side. And then he goes on and talks about some of the frustrations and the uh, identifying the common barriers. So my thinking is, as you just said, not just people from the north side weighing in on this, as and, and their thoughts are very important. They're the ones living in this area. But people from all walks of life and from a south side that's doing very well, that can be able to bring some ideas to bring that success over to the north side as well. I would, I would imagine their input is very valuable in the survey as well. It, it is, and that's why I'm, I'm glad Tanya highlighted that. Talking about bridging the gap, so best mm-hmm. practices and things like that. But, but Carlos Bishop Harvin is is absolutely right, mm-hmm. and and he's right. And you just look at facts. There's been a disinvested uh, initiative, it's been, and and, I, and that's what I call it. It's been mm-hmm. disinvestment for thirty, fifty years. And I think it was, uh, you know, I'll give people benefit of the doubt for whatever reason it happened. And you know, I, and I, I don't I don't shy away from saying our administration's policies are different than the past, and that that's okay. We were elected to do something different, but we believe in investing in, in basic government. Uh, initiatives such as stru- uh, infrastructure, drainage, roads, mm-hmm. you know, work with our business community to make sure that our regulations are safe and fair, but not overburdensome. And that's for the entire, it's all sides of Lafayette, north side, south side, and everything in between. And in order to truly make policies that are tailored to our geographic areas, we need to know where we're at. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, that, and that's part of the due diligence and methodical process that we take in everything that we do. Uh, and and, and, and it, quite frankly, it does allow us to act in a more efficient way. We are able to get things done quicker because we know what we're doing, because we know we're doing, because we go look into it. And this is a way to, to do it. But the people have the answers. The folks have the answers. Our, our duty as government leaders is to, is to hear the folks, listen to them, process it, make decisions that are, that are informed, mm-hmm. reasonable, fair, honest, and, and execute. Don't just talk about it. I remember in the campaign trail in 2019, uh, getting to listen to you and the other candidates that were running for the, your, your current office that you hold right now. And um, when Carlos Harvin took the mic and he talked about, hey, you know, our front door, we got to fix our front door. Yeah. Um, and this is an initiative that he ran on. And I think that it's initiative that caught people's ear. It obviously caught your ear because you brought him on as a part of your administration. Yeah. Um, Talk a little bit about his passion for wanting to not just put words, but put action behind making the north side of Lafayette better. Man, he is an action. He's an agent of action. Mm-hmm. He really is. And this is this is just one example, guys. I mean, look, w- during COVID, I mean, he co- he led a, a health equity task force. So we had our we had our medical task force. We created a health equity task force because we felt like there were some some folks in the community that didn't have access, and that was that was a reality. Mm-hmm. And um, again, brought a very diverse group of medical stakeholders in that sense, and and led uh, in regards to the to the front door. I I agree with. It. We have also we have a back door and some side doors in those gateways that we're uh, that we're looking into. Yeah, but yeah. but I, I hope is not lost, and I want everybody to have peace of mind. We created another uh, task force, a gateway task force, and we um, we uh, yeah, hopefully everyone has noticed the trash has been picked up a lot more. The grass is looking really good. Uh, we have been pruning trees, lighting up areas in our gateways. But that's just the beginning. Those were easy wins, and we wanted to knock them out. And uh, and it does it looks great. Okay, everybody's doing a great job. But we're, uh, we put out a request for a proposal on uh, some infrastructure for some nice, uh, better signage, lit up right. signage, some uh, flower beds and, and some green spaces as you enter into our, our city mm-hmm. and our parish and um, working with the municipalities, of course. We want it to be a, a unified theme, but but tailored uh, to each gateway. You know, each gateway can have its it's kind of like our consolidated government. We're all one family, but each each municipality to include Lafayette has its own uh, identity. Our gateway should have that uniformity, but also have its own identity. And this uh, this community task force that we've put together um, is doing a great job on on that regard. But again, got to do our due diligence. But we we act quick once we have the once we have the information. Can I add one mm-hmm. more yeah, thing? Uh-huh. When we talk about the north side, mm-hmm. it's considered a food desert, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be that way. Right. And it, it, it so if you live in South Lafayette. Mm-hmm. How many options do you have to grocery shop? A ton. Yes, a ton. Mm-hmm. Well, in North Side, uh, larger stores, uh, Winn Dixie. Super One. Super One is I open. I worked at that Super One for a long time. Yeah. Okay, so Walmart and Winn Dixie shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the challenge there is there are neighborhoods, high poverty, yeah. no transportation. Mm-hmm. So how do you grocery shop? Walk miles to get food? You yeah. know, the food desert situation. Um, I wasn't aware of it when I when I took office. Yeah, full, yeah. full candor, mm-hmm. um, you know. But but I represent everybody, and I wanted to get all the facts, and right. I want to learn as much as I can, so that I can so I truly can represent everybody. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. So and and once you know the re, once you know the facts, no one no one can reasonably dispute that. Mm-hmm. Where the dispute can come in is how do we address it? Yes. And in the past, 
uh, it, whether it's this initiative uh, or some other initiative, in the past, our local government has pressed the easy button, and they've just dipped into the city general fund and has increased recurring expenses. And when you do that, you can't afford anything. You can't afford drainage projects. You can't afford road projects, overlay projects. So it's just a different philosophy. So we worked with, uh, again, another group of uh, stakeholders, and we supported uh, some initiatives to address the food desert. We did it in one-time <coughs> capital investments, and that's a lot different than the past. So anybody with a mind, anybody with a heart that cares to, to help folks, yeah. you know, you want to do it. The difference in philosophy is how do you get it done? So as some of these initiatives start coming in and some of these great ideas start coming in, and you know, good intentions happen all the time where great ideas come out and then they die because they don't have funding. One thing you talked about is the budget. Do yeah. you foresee as some of these ideas come out that some people on the south side and other areas of Lafayette are going to be a little disappointed to find maybe they're not funded as you know as much as they have been as some of that money starts to shift towards the north side? No, because the south side's success is, is actually a product of good government, too. And the good government in the sense of government investing in infrastructure and allowing businesses to flourish and small business employers to employ folks, and then their tax revenue comes in. We want that model replicated across our city and our parish, and it just wasn't done uh, that way in the north side for 30 or 40 years. You had a lot of good talk. A lot, of, a lot of good things were said, a lot of studies and all this good stuff that collected dust, but no action. Right. Uh, so when you, when, you, when you act a little differently and, you, and you, you want to talk about treat everybody with equality, it's fine. Give everybody the same infrastructure initiatives, and that's what we're doing. And folks on the south side, east side, west side, whatever side can embrace investments into one-time capital <clears throat> projects such as road improvement. Uh, and we say one time. Of course, you have, always have to address in the future, but it's not this recurring expense that comes along with it. Yeah. We call it O&M. Right. Most businesses call that. We call that in the local government as well. Um, so you're able to fund these initiatives. And our CAO does a wonderful job. She's on. She's she's. I don't know if she's listening right now. She listens to every show, but I, we got her on a, doing some training right now. So I don't know if she's listening. Hopefully <laughs> she is. But she's she does a great job on making sure that when we build something, one-time capital investments, that we have the operating expenses uh, set aside to 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 maintain it in the future. You can't. There's no good to put a flower bed in if you can't pull the weeds. All right, let's uh, go ahead and go to the phone lines right now. I believe this is Daniel wants to weigh in. Go ahead, sir. Uh, the question I had was, I uh, understand that the they, they shut down, but why did the grocery stores shut down in the areas that, in, that we're discussing on, on the north side? All right. Hey, thank you, Daniel. I appreciate you. So a couple reasons. Uh, probably weren't making money. So that's that, I would imagine that. Uh, I know the Walmart shut down because of uh, some theft was a big issue. Yeah. So uh, and well, we should have kept the should have kept the police chief around unless she could have addressed that and <clears throat> and the the precinct that she commanded before she took uh, took office uh, as the as the chief of police mm -hmm. uh, so, showed some significant improvement in, in addressing crime in that area. So yeah. I wish mean, she like, was around. Like I said, I used to work at the uh, Super One in that North Side. You know, back in the mid you know, 2000s, that time period. And it would be amazing the amount of theft that we had to deal with. You know what I mean? Of course, we were right, you know, not right down the road from Walmart. So I could understand them having to go through that as well. Um, that's good to hear that it's being improved uh, but the, significantly. But. The way we combat that is we, we, we have to ensure that government does government things. Mm -hmm. And in the past, we've allowed the government to overstep its boundary. And to go into the areas where the church should be leading, mm -hmm. where families should be le leading. They're stepping outside of their pillar. 
And if, and if the government can invest in infrastructure, roads, drainage, police security, making our community safe, parks and recreation, making sure our, our front door, back door, and all side doors look good and clean. If you had visitors come over to your house, you'd probably cut the grass. We make sure we cut the grass. We make sure we pick up litter. That's, those are things that government should do and empower other stakeholders in the respective pillars, whether it's in, in the church or in the family or, or, or the individual responsibility, individual um, uh, capabilities to flourish. That's where government should empower. But government can't do it as good on those other pillars as the private sector can. And once we understand our lanes and we stay in our lanes, things flourish. And that's why we're seeing so much success in the north side right now, because we're letting government do what government does. All right. Uh, we go back to the phone line. Scott, uh, welcome in. Question or comment for the mayor? Yeah, I saw here, um, but I saw that Aldi's opened up over there on the uh, on the north side, and and I think that that chain and uh, chains like it uh, are would be successful in the north side. Is there any any plans for any other uh, Aldi's or any other kind of stores like that to open up on the north side? Thank you, Scott. Hey Scott, thank you so much. Yes, and that was a great that was a gr- great success uh, right there. Aldi was a first investment in a long time in regards to addressing the food desert situation. Um, Lita, I know we work hand in hand with with those guys over there. They do a great job. There are there are efforts. Uh, I know Lita's under some confidentiality agreements. So I don't want to breach that, but but there are just know Scott. There are issues or excuse me initiatives targeted to bring in in uh, bringing in. Other other grocery stores and and um, efforts to address the situation right there, but yeah, Aldi's was a huge success, wasn't it? The first one in uh, first one in Louisiana, huh? Uh, that one or the one on Ambassador? Okay, yeah, maybe the one. I know Lafayette's uh, Aldi's was the first. Yeah, I think you're right. But oh, Lafayette's, yes, yes, there's I gonna think. be three total. Oh. But one is in the No more time. than I know. <laughs> Every once in a while. Even a broken clock is right twice a day, Tanya. Uh, the chief of minority affairs, if I can just uh, say yeah, real quickly. Course. Yeah, he, he just sent a text okay. to include Albertsons on that list of oh, stores yeah. that shut down. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I yeah. forgot about Albertsons yeah. as well. Hey, look, uh, Bishop is a, is a silent warrior. You know, he, he got... <laughs> He works hard and he goes behind the scenes, but he does a great job of, of, of again, helping bridge the gap. Makes, he, he, he absolutely makes sure that I'm informed and educated and, and our staff and our team. And, um, you know, he has access to all our departments and, and he utilizes it and, and helps a lot of people. He doesn't get the, the credit he deserves. So hopefully we're giving him a little little love here. So let's uh, kind of wrap it up where we began the segment at going back to the Hyman Performing Arts Center. So uh, Councilwoman uh, or Council Chairwoman Nanette Cook is going to authorize a resolution for the December uh, 6th meeting at the council that will ask the body to participate in funding a public process to study the relative impacts of various potential sites for the new Hyman Center. What will, as you attend the meeting, what will your official position be, um, you know, when it's time for you to speak? Well, I mean, I'll say then probably what I'm about to say. You know, I respect the council's initiatives. I always, always want to hear what they have to say. I just, I feel like, once the council gets more information, and again, a, a lot of these council, well, I know, I know one, or two particular that participated in these in these stakeholder meetings. Um, I believe that maybe when they refresh their memory um, and 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 understand the facts clearly, uh, they may be in a better decision to not spend more money out of our city general fund. However, I respect the process. I was a little confused on the resol- resolution uh, procedural vehicle because that's not how you appropriate funds. So I don't know. They can express their will without it. But um, but again, I respect their will. 
So whatever whatever choice they make, you know, we'll work with them. But um, but again, I want to I want to applaud uh, uh, several city council members. They've uh, they've they've communicated with us very well. We've we're trying to put them in the best position to to be informed and make the best decision that they possibly can, or at least be in a position to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like they will. And I look forward to continue working with them. I'll, I'll ask this question simply. Do we need a new Hyman Performing Arts Center? There has been an, a lot of people that have said we don't really need one. I didn't run on it. I didn't. Yeah. I don't think the words Hyman Performing Arts Center uh, came out of my mouth, yeah. quite frankly, when I ran. However, again, you get in and you start assessing the situation. I'll answer it this way. When you look at the totality of the circumstances, mm-hmm. both the utility and functionality of our Performing Arts Center and the opportunities that we have for growth in tourism, hotel, motel, restaurant, e- economic development, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's very uh, promising. If, if we were to have a new performing arts center, if you if you couple that with the growth of our medical industry, especially in that footprint yeah. and the services that our community can have and not, not only our city and parish, but even our region as we become a stronger and stronger hub for medical care. You know, if you look at all of the, the circumstances combined to include the benefits that um, a partnership, if the if, if we can land one with the university, how that can help our, our wonderful partner over there with the university, our R1 designated university. Right. Um, you know, if you look at all of that together, I think that, yeah, you can just you'll be justified in saying we do need a new one for those reasons. But again, this is why we have this discourse. And one thing that we didn't say, though, Brandon, that's worth noting is mm-hmm. we're going to put forward a, re- a request for qualifications and RFQ. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a very robust committee um, okay. that, that will be able to grade a few things and, and maybe, again, help everybody, the administration and the council or councils, uh, be informed and in a position to make a decision. But also, we're going to put out a request for proposal, a very limited. And you, you rarely do an RFQ and an RFP. I don't, I, I, we have, I don't think we've done that since I've been in office, but I want to do that. That for a reason, transparency, public dialogue, have as much input as we possibly can, objectivity and due diligence, all the things that we want in local government. But a request for proposal would be just for the land. So all of these stakeholders that have uh, ideas on and maybe they they have the best property and they can take in consideration the study, of course. But the study is just a study, mm-hmm. you know, but you have to have property to build a performing arts center. Yeah. So we I think an RFP would benefit everybody. So, you know, we've talked a lot about money for doing a study, where's the money going to come from to be able to actually build a new performing arts center? I, I tell you what, uh, that's a great that's mm-hmm. a great question, and it's going to take multiple teammates. The, the, our, the city cannot fund it by itself. The parish, if it wants to participate, it can't, <laughs> it can't, it can't fund it by itself yeah, either. Yeah. The city and parish together, I don't think is in a position to fund it together. Mm-hmm. We will need our state partner. And that's a that's a that's a factor that I believe that the councils will council or councils would need to take into consideration, and uh, it would have to be in the form of of capital outlay. Well, if the state is going to put capital outlay dollars, the state's going to have an interest in it as well, and and we all have to all have to work together and and make sure that we're being good teammates. But after looking at this for a year and a half very carefully, I'm confident that the solutions are there. I think I know the answer to this question, but. Could we potentially see maybe a tax proposal put on the ballot, kind of like what we've done in the past, like with, you know, the airport for the new uh, terminal, you know, situations like that? That would be a dedicated tax towards this? All all options. Look, the responsible answer is all options are always available. Right. Okay. Now, I don't believe in taxing anybody unless you do a couple of things. Mm-hmm. It's the last resort. Yeah. So we as a leader have to absolutely exhaust all remedies. We were told we'd have to increase taxes to uh, fix the parking garage downtown. We yeah. didn't. They said it couldn't be done. No, it can. We did it. 
All right. So we did that without raising taxes. They said, oh, we can't address drains this week. We're going to have to increase taxes. No, we, we, we can, we can move some things around and be more fiscally responsible. Okay. Said we couldn't move the jail without raising taxes. So we have a duty as local leaders to exhaust all remedies. So I'm not in a position to, to present that yet, you know, or, or even suggest that, but it is a possibility, but it would be at the vote of the folks. And I would only, I would only support a, Temporary tax for a dedicated purpose that absolutely couldn't be used for any other purpose approved by by the voters. Now, that's a very limited scope, and we got to exhaust a whole bunch of things before we even get there. And I think that's probably the most responsible way to approach that if if that's the way we need to go. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and leave it Brandon, there. Brandon. Yes. We forgot not? to mention where to take the survey. Oh, God. Yeah. Let's do that. Right. Uh, anybody can take it, right? Yeah. Well, we're specifically targeting those who live in District 1 and 5. Okay. So okay. Our, our citizens. But people who work there okay. and shop there, absolutely please take it as okay. well. But 5,000 people, we need at least 5,000 to really get a good grasp. Yeah. On the that's issues a, there. That's a good right? survey. That's a strong uh-huh. survey for, for that footprint. I'll be honest. Yes. With you. Let's yeah. hit it. Let's hit it. It's short. Guys. It won't take much time. Seven yeah. minutes or so. Yeah. And look, you know, as it's pointed out in the press release here LafayetteLA.gov. Yeah. Uh, LafayetteLA.gov. Uh, districts one and five, 50,000 people live in those two areas. Yeah. So um, all we need is 5,000 yeah. of them to so, jump in and respond. Yeah. Please take the time. All right, uh, Lafayette Mayor President Josh Guillory, uh, Tanya Lacoste. Uh, Tanya, by the way, what? I, I never got your official title. With the, uh, what is your official we title? we got to give Communi- your official title. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> communications specialist? There you go. Communications wow. specialist. How do I not know my own title? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in communications. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I do look- yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. There you go. All right. We're going to go ahead and. <laughs> it's user friendly. <laughs> anyway, we'll take inside this joke. Uh, quick commercial break and we'll be right back and uh, get the eight o'clock hour going officially. God bless you. Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Your 24 7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hell News app. Now, the headlines from the Cape Hell News Center. For Cape Hell News, I'm Brandon Como. Lafayette police have arrested a 20 year old Lafayette man in connection with the shooting death of a 22 year old. LPD arrested Dylan Louvier in the death of Carrington Sam of Lafayette. Sam was shot and killed Wednesday around noon at Lafayette apartment complex on Reserve Drive. Louisiana's first through third graders showed improvement on a literacy test this fall, but Whitney Thomas reports the state's public school education leader is concerned the percentage of kindergartners reading below grade level has declined. The first 30 days of the school year is dedicated to the literacy screener that analyzes the child's reading ability as they prepare to enter a new grade. Third graders were able to see a 1.3% improvement. Superintendent of Education, Kate Brumley, says now the focus is on kindergartners. The decline is in kindergarten. This means that these students are not coming to school the level of preparedness that the students as a whole did. Kindergartners' scores declined by 2%, but Brumley says with consistent work, scores will improve. We have to stay the course. I'm Whitney Thomas. Well, there's some good news. Gas prices in Louisiana were on average 303 for a gallon of regular, and AAA forecasters say that price could drop below three bucks as early as today. Gas prices have dropped 28 cents since last month and are down a dime compared to one year ago. The State Department of Transportation has an interactive map that allows the public to provide input on proposed highway projects. Jeff Palermo has a story. 
The projects on the interactive map that can be found on the State Department of Transportation's website are highway projects that have been already discussed by lawmakers. Department of Transportation spokesperson Rodney Mallett says the map allows the public to provide their own comments. A way to find out what the people in the region are interested in uh, project-wise for their infrastructure. The map contains a bunch of different projects, and the public comment period ends January 6th. Again, go to DOTD's website to find it. I'm Jeff Palermo. We now take a look into state news as a month-long narcotic investigation in Caddo Parish leads to the arrest of 53-year-old Emmanuel Barrett of Shreveport. Head of the Caddo Parish Sheriff's Drug Task Force, Lieutenant Darren Marshall, says when they searched Barrett's home, they found a significant amount of illegal substances. We got uh, about 69 grams of marijuana and about 69 grams of methamphetamines. Marshall says the street value of those substances was over $7,000. Earlier this month, a wastewater study indicated the city of Shreveport has twice the national average of meth, giving the area a notorious distinction. Marshall says the arrest of Barrett will make a difference. That amount of drugs that we took off of him will not hit the streets of Cattle Parish, so that right there is significant in itself. Marshall says in his 20 years in law enforcement, he's seen the meth problem grow increasingly alarming, and they are doing all they can to contain it. We are investigating meth dealers in the Cattle Parish area, and we should be taking them off the street here in the near future. Meanwhile, in St. Tammany Parish, the coroner confirms charred remains found Monday in a double murder case as those of a missing local priest. Here's more from Brooke Thornton. Covington PD Sergeant Edwin Master says the city is shocked by the brutal crime. It's absolutely devastating. One of the two badly burned bodies found Monday is confirmed as that of retired local priest Father Otis Young. The other victim has not yet been positively identified. The coroner says both victims died of blunt force trauma, then were set aflame. Masters says a suspect, Antonio Tyson, has been arrested and details of the investigation are being withheld for now. We'll release further information on how Mr. Tyson became our suspect in a later press conference. I'm Brooke Thorrington. The former chief of police and a city council member from the town of Amit have been sentenced in a vote-buying scheme. Former Chief Jerry Trabona and former council member Chris Hart were sentenced to a year in prison for violating federal election laws. The former top cop was also ordered to pay a $10,000 fine. Well, if you happen to see a fully restored red 1970 Chevrolet Chevelle on the streets or in a trailer, you might want to notify police. A classic car matching that description was stolen from the New Orleans area. NOPD does have a person of interest in custody, but they still haven't located the classic car. St. Landry Parish President Jesse Bellard says the director of animal control in that parish has been fired. Terry Corville was released from that position yesterday. There was no specific reason given for the dismissal, but St. Landry Animal Control has been the focus of many complaints and calls about neglect and animal attacks in the parish. As gusty cold breezes were blowing into Louisiana yesterday, the state said goodbye to hurricane season 2022. The season had 14 named storms, but was still quieter than preseason forecasts projected. We can thank dust from the Sahara Desert for keeping things calm in the tropics during the peak of the season in July and August. Well, that strong cold front that blew in yesterday actually created a bit of a snowstorm on the UL campus. Not really, but UL's Student Government Association did host their annual snow day on campus yesterday complete with snow machines and snowball fights. For many who attended, it's the first time they've ever seen snow in person. In sports, Southern will play Jackson State in the SWAC championship game on Saturday. The Tigers trounced the Jaguars in the regular season matchup, winning 35 to nothing. 
By the way, that is the same Jackson State coached by Deion Sanders. Southern coach Eric Dooley says they need to execute better. Of course, we want a different outcome, but uh, we're going to work our game plan. We think we like the game plan that we had before, uh, and we like the game plan that we're working on right now as we speak. So, of course, we are, we're going to compete at a high level. Some things that we, we wasn't able to do uh, in the past, but we don't, we don't go back to the past. We just look forward to it. The game will be played at Jackson State's home field. Dooley says that doesn't bother him. When you play at Southern University, you understand the stage that you're going to play on. So a crowd never been a factor for us. But even uh, just uh, going back to the, to the game, I mean, we had opportunity. We had some things that we missed on. Uh, we should have scored early in, in, in the game. Uh, we missed on some missed opportunities. So the crowd is not a factor of us because you're going to have Jaguar Nation there as well. In uh, the SEC, LSU getting ready to take on Georgia in the SEC championship game. And after allowing 274 rushing yards in the loss to Texas A&M, the Tigers' defense looks to bounce back this Saturday. LSU cornerback Makai Garner admits they came out flat against the Aggies. We just saw the record and just assumed that A&M was just going to come out and just let us have the W, you know. Um, but obviously that didn't happen, you know. But things that we've seen on film all the corrections that that can be made are all fixable so that's a good thing now georgia leads the nation for the fewest points allowed allowing just 11 a game and they ranked fourth in total defense tigers freshman tight end mason taylor on dogs defense they're definitely good i mean their defense is probably top in the country but um they have a, a good good front good secondary overall good defense so we just got to go out there and play lsu football and just uh, stick to the, what we're coached Georgia's quarterback Stetson Bennett is second in the SEC in passing yards. His top receiver is Brock Bowers. Garner says they're really good at the tight end position. Tight ends too now. The tight ends are a big role in that in that offense. You know, they got a few guys at the receiver spot too that are nice. But um man, that offense, man, that big that big offense, man. You just gotta come out there with just more physicality. You just gotta come out and bring it. That's all it is, though, to stop that offense. Meanwhile, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, it's the waiting game right now as they continue to wait to see which bowl game will officially accept them. But in the meantime, you can go to kpal965.com. Coach Desermo uh, sitting down with our friends over at our sibling station, 103.3 The Goat. Coach Desermo talking bowl games, seniors, and a lot more. You can check that out at the website, kpal965.com. Again, Coach Desermo, you can check out his interview with Scott Prather from 103.3 The Goat at our website, kpal965.com. Plenty of sunshine across Acadiana today. Those temperatures are going to push their way to about 62 degrees for the high. Winds from the northeast at 10 to 15 miles an hour. It does stay nice and breezy out there throughout the course of the day today. Lows tonight going to be dropping down into the 40s. We'll see fog developing by tomorrow morning. I think plenty of moisture on the way for the end of the work week with mostly cloudy skies by the end of the day on Friday and staying that way into Saturday with some scattered showers possible Saturday as well. Rainfall going to be coming to an end on Sunday, but those clouds do linger and so do the warm temperatures. In fact, we've got a warm front that's going to slide through and kind of stall across the area, keeping us in the warm sector. For temperatures be mid to upper 70s as we go through the end of the weekend and on into next week with cloudy skies and possible spotty showers. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPAL. Questions about youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit organization, develops better athletes and better people through youth and high school sports. Info at positivecoach.org. News Talk 96.5. 
KPL. Right now, traffic. All right, so looking at what's happening in Scott on Apollo Road near Cameron Street, we have a crash with injuries in that area. That's the area that's going to see some uh, construction on Friday, tomorrow, and Saturday. Uh, right out there by Deloom Avenue in that area. Um, but there is a crash today with some injuries. Uh, also, we've got a crash of Angelin Thruway at 12th Street. ADIO. Good morning, Acadiana. Welcome into hour number three of Acadiana's morning news. Brandon Como, Eddie Thibodeau. You know, man, it's been like so quick, fast paced this morning. I haven't even had time to give like your full title. <laughs> well, well, you know, I started off with Major Major. Yeah, yeah. Y'all created that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's just Deputy Chief. You're the Deputy Chief. Lieutenant Colonel, as officially ranked, but. You know, oh, you're a lieutenant colonel? Yeah, it's a okay. lieutenant colonel rank. But, uh-huh. you know, like I've always said, my friends call me Eddie. There you go. My mom calls me T-Boy. <laughs> and when I was young, I called myself Thibodeau Johnny Cash. Oh, there you go. Yeah, just Eddie Thibodeau. Well, where's all the black today, then? Oh, uh, well, my pants. Nah, there you go. I mean, you notice I'm all dressed up? I know, man. Yeah, we just, we're going to uh, our friends, you know, with the KTC. Uh-huh, right across the their street. Award. Yeah. yeah, very cool. For best TV and stuff this year. So, there we go. proud about that. And then awesome. we had a press best newsprint. Mm-hmm. At Crime Stoppers, so uh, we showcased uh, uh, Miss Erica Hunt. That was, yeah. unfortunately, she was turned up missing, yeah. and uh, they found her skeletal remains. So we're just keeping it in, uh, you know, for more information. We'll always yeah. put it out there and see if we can get uh, information for the closer. Yeah. Uh, this time, uh, we went ahead every year. We do our uh, our tips, uh, you know, holiday safety, you know, and you know the tips. So be aware of your surroundings. You know, 98% of Self-defense is awareness, not putting yourself into that situation. So, you know, we went over stuff like, um, you know, don't leave your kids in a car, even if you just have to to go out, just a quick in and out. By uh, the way, they now make um, apps that if you put it on your phone, if you leave your kid in the car, even like whether it's intentional or unintentional, like even if it's just to go inside to grab something right, and right. come right back out, the app will notify you. Child and car, child and car, and it's like, you know, sounds like you super, know technology. You know, I mean, we talked about you know with 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 uh, Bob character like thirteen hundred of what they used to do there. Here, man, the technology isn't it great? That yeah. I mean, we have there's an app for everything. In fact, you know, KPL yeah, app. Yeah, there's a little plug app. in for uh, the P three you know, and KPL. Uh-huh. Uh, we also, you know, leaving a firearm in your car. You know, hey, we love our guns and saying yeah. in uh, Louisiana. Um, if you're concealing or open carry, hey, that's cool. Love open carry. Uh, just be mindful. But if you leave your vehicle and the kids are in the car, plus, you know, your gun is in the car, uh, you need to make sure they don't have access to it. Or if you leave your vehicle um, and you leave your gun in the car, you know, a burglar, uh, man, they'll break your window. They'll, they'll steal your gun quick. So, you know, just different tips like that. One of the main things we talk about is, uh, you know, if your purse or, or your wallet gets stolen, you need to have some information real quick uh, in a different, you know, location, say your house and stuff, with all credit card numbers, all phone numbers, especially phone numbers. And, again, uh, I have apps for my credit cards that I can stop it right away. Mm-hmm. So you need to have the information somewhere that you can hurry up and cancel your cards because uh, it, it goes quick. I'll tell you what, they, they can make a bunch of purchases. Um, 
So th different things like that. So we went ahead and got uh, Detective Michael Dalgo at Opelousas Police Department mm -hmm. and let him, you know, help us out and put some, just some shopping tips that you know. Okay. But you just get it reminded. You know, we live in a hustle and bustle, quick, oh, yeah. quick thing. So the moment you let your guard down is, uh, yeah, we hear it all the time on Crime Stoppers. Man, I lock my car every single night. But I forgot to do it tonight. One night, yeah. Yeah, one night. That's all or it one of my good, one night. Listen, one of my good friends mm -hmm. calls me and he says, you're going to be mad. I said, what's up? He said, man, I left my gun after LSU game. You know, you leave oh, a lot of man. things after that last game. Yeah, yeah. And he said, I left my gun in my truck. Uh. And, man, you know, they broke in my truck last night. Oh, and he had his truck locked? Or, yeah. Yeah, damn. And they still broke in. Yeah. They found his gun in New Orleans used in a murder. Oh, no. From Eunice all the way to New Orleans. So oh, don't make it easier for these guys to get guns and stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, take them out your vehicle. I always say this. Your vehicle is not a safe. It's certainly not a gun safe. So, uh, you know, make it a little harder stuff. So if you go to our website, uh, we got a bunch of tips. Next week we're going to do, um, I think it's uh, shopping. Uh, this one was on uh, home uh, personal safety. Next week we'll be shopping. And the last one is going to be home safety about simply uh, tearing down your boxes, you know, when they, you put them outside because people riding bicycles, driving cars will actually go around and say, oh, look, he's got a 65-inch TV in his house. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and different. I'll even have the fire department with us, and they'll talk about a little bit of uh, tree safety. You know, just of, of, you know, we all have our little fur babies of yeah. making sure that the animals don't climb on a tree and knock it down. So, yeah, that's what we do. Um we're just trying to do a bunch of safety things just to remind us, hey, protect yourself. You know, most of the thing is staying mm -hmm. off your phone, you know, paying attention to your surroundings and stuff. So is it stlandrycrimestoppers.com? stlandrycrimestoppers.com. Facebook is St. Landry Crime Stoppers also. Yeah. And uh, we'll get uh, our friends that uh, we we taped it yesterday, and we're going to air it. Um, uh, well, it aired last night. We'll put it on our Facebook one other thing before we go, December seventh, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, Triad with the Sheriff's Office, sponsored by Sheriff Dietros, is our uh, Triad is a sixty year and above. Uh, we call them workshops because we do Arneville, Port Baron, Eunice. But this one is our Christmas party at the Yamboli. We'll have Glenn, the band of one, playing music. We'll have door prizes, but from a bunch of uh, hospice, a uh, bunch of uh, healthcare providers. We're going to have a great food, uh, live entertainment. Mm. Uh, we'll do a costume contest. And, you know, we always, where's our oldest veteran? Where's our oldest person? And just to, you know, show some love to our senior citizens mm. and uh, just have a good time. So December 7th, 9 o'clock, Yambali, Opelousas. At the Yambali. At the Yambali. There we go. Uh, by the way, before we uh, break for the commercial segment and uh, my newscast coming up, our, our friend Scott says, there's Washington, D.C. Now there's Thibodeau, D.C. <laughs> so there you go. That's my third listener. Yes. My mom, my wife. No, my wife don't listen to me. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Mine uh, ain't listening right now to me. Either, so. All right, we're going to take this uh, quick break. Uh, I've got a brief look at news coming up. The loudest voices on the biggest issues impacting your life. Continuing the long tradition of informing you in Acadiana. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Depend on it.
News Talk 96.5 KPEL, broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at matthew-james.com. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the KPEL News app. Now the headlines from the KPEL News Center. For KPEL News, I'm Brandon Como. Lafayette police have arrested a 20-year-old Lafayette man in connection with the shooting death of a 22-year-old. LPD arrested Dylan Louvier in the death of Carrington Sam of Lafayette. Sam was shot and killed Wednesday around noon at a Lafayette apartment complex on Reserve Drive. Louisiana's Department of Education says reading scores for students in grades 1 through 3 across the state are up, but those same skills were off by about 2% for Louisiana's kindergarten kids. State officials blame the lower scores for younger students on delays brought on by the pandemic. Gas prices in Louisiana were on average 303 for a gallon of regular, and AAA forecasters say that price could drop below 3 bucks as early as today. Gas prices have dropped 28 cents since last month and are down a dime compared to one year ago. As gusty cold breezes were blowing into Louisiana yesterday, the state said goodbye to hurricane season 2022. The season had 14 named storms but was still quieter than preseason forecasts projected. We can thank dust from the Sahara Desert for keeping things calm in the tropics during the peak of the season in July and August. And that strong cold front that blew in yesterday actually created a bit of a snowstorm on the UL campus. Well, not really, but UL Student Government Association did host their annual snow day on campus yesterday, complete with snow machines and snowball fights. For many who attended, it's the first time they've ever seen snow in person. You're up to date. I'm Brandon Como. Plenty of sunshine across Acadiana today. Those temperatures are going to push their way to about 62 degrees for the high winds from the northeast at 10 to 15 miles an hour. It does stay nice and breezy out there throughout the course of the day today. Lows tonight going to be dropping down into the 40s. We'll see fog developing by tomorrow morning. I think plenty of moisture on the way for the end of the work week with mostly cloudy skies by the end of the day on Friday and staying that way into Saturday with some scattered showers possible Saturday as well. Rainfall going to be coming to an end on Sunday, but those clouds do linger, and so do the warm temperatures. In fact, we've got a warm front that's going to slide through and kind of stall across the area, keeping us in the warm sector. For temperatures to be mid to upper 70s as we go through the end of the weekend and on into next week with cloudy skies and possible spotty showers. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPAL. Questions about youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit organization, develops better athletes and better people through youth and high school sports. Info at positivecoach.org. Want to hear Christmas music on your schedule? Check out the KPAL News app and click on the Christmas music icon. Brought to you by Christmas at Bridgepoint Farms, 115 Enterprise Boulevard, just off of Johnston Street. Not Kavan, that's specifically for you, buddy. Hey, walk up music. Said, hey, that's my go. walk up. I was like, I was like, man, I, I, that that came with me to, to this. I'm like, uh, and Brandon says, no, I put it just for you. I'm like, we're going live. He's like, yeah. I'm like, I thought we were recording something. Okay, no, we are live. Kavan Bordelon joining us here in studio. Of course, uh, you know I'm here for multiple roles. Uh, one of them being the host of Implicit Buys, which you can listen to Saturday mornings from 10 to 12 here on News Talk 96.5 KPL, and also for being the play-by-play announcer for the Turlings Catholics Rebels football team. And 
Turlings LCA tomorrow night. We have got ourselves quite a game, man. Wow. I I, I thought about this during the season uh-huh. when you started looking at power rankings and seedings, potential seedings, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, there is a strong possibility that District 4-4A could have or should have the one, the two, and the three seed mm-hmm. in Division Two select football. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this seeding, the, the fact that there are now four teams from 4-4A yeah. in state semifinals yeah. in two different divisions yeah. just goes to tell you how good the football is yeah. and how spoiled we are mm-hmm. in Acadiana to have this district sitting right kind of in the heart yeah. of, of where we are. It, I mean, tremendous football games, uh, and, and they were all close. Yeah, I mean, nobody got blown out, and, and not saying that blowouts mm-hmm. couldn't or won't happen in semifinals or finals. Those things sometimes do happen, mm-hmm. but... Just fantastic football games, and yeah, I'm, I'm expecting another whale of a ball game Friday night. So the four teams he's mentioning, of course, Turlings and LCA being two of them, they'll, uh, we're, we're here to talk about that one, but also Westgate's in the semifinals in a different division, and then St. Thomas Moore is on the other side of the Turlings-LCA bracket. They're taking on an E.D. White team that has the same record as them, um, that has that one loss on the season to Woodlawn of Baton Rouge, who LCA beat pretty handily earlier in the year. But um, Edie White uh, took out Evangel, uh, took out of other uh, St. James. So STM's going to have an interesting game tomorrow night as well. But we're here to talk about the game that everyone is talking yeah. about. And it yeah. is Turlings and LCA. You know, the, the game earlier this year was one of the best high school football games I've had the privilege of being able to call. It was a game in which Turlings held LCA as LCA was trying to, you know, put the game away in the last couple of minutes. Once LCA got down inside the five-yard line, Turling's defense able to hold, and then Turling's able to go 95 yards the other way. Um, a fourth and nine pass, um, you know, to the end zone uh, from about 36 yards out, if I'm remembering correctly, with about 34 seconds left, was the game winner for the Rebels. And it was just an amazing end. Whether you're for LCA or Turling's, it was an amazing end to an amazing football game. It was one of those games where... We kind of texted a little bit back and forth and both said, look, I I don't know how this is going to end because, you know, you you guys obviously call for LCA and myself and Scott, we call for Turlings Mm -hmm. where we both said, man, I I don't know how this is going to end. I don't want to know how this is going to (laughs) end, but this has been, I mean, it was just, it was two heavyweight football teams slugging it out. Mm -hmm. Um, The Turlings defense rose to the occasion. I mean, everybody knows how prolific LCA's offense is. Mm -hmm. Um, LCA's defense also did a great job holding Turlings. We didn't run the football real well that Mm -hmm. game, uh, but we did have some things work through the air. Our quarterback, Preston Welsh, had a really nice game. He didn't make the big mistake. Mm -hmm. And the funny part was, you know, actually that, that fourth down play that ended up winning it for Turlings, the play before it, there was a ball that, it, I don't think anybody knows whether it was tipped or not, mm-hmm. but there was a ball that really it, it hit a receiver. It was a dime in the end zone on yeah. the third down play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just you you were watching the game and you were like, man, something's got to give here. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally saw yeah, the way it ended um, on the Turling side, obviously Turling's fans were were ecstatic. Yeah. But I think this was this was our, our kind of Rocky Balboa moment for these two teams because I think we both looked up and went, "Ain't gonna be no rematch." Don't want no rematch, right? <laughs> and and now we got the rematch, rematch. Which yeah. if you've got the opportunity to go, this is this game at Turlings is just going to be a a tremendous atmosphere and really for the kids, this is going to be 
it's been, I don't remember a game with this kind of hype, mm-hmm. save for maybe an Acadiana STM game many, many years ago. Acadiana STM the and rematch. the other one, the rematch. Yep. When Acadiana went and just beat the mess out of them. Yep. The second time. Yep. But also another rematch in 2004 when Northside lost the first game and then beat STM at, was it Cougar Dome, Cougar Field? I don't remember what they, what they yeah. called it, the field. And then beat them in like overtime in the year that Keelan Williams was a senior at Northside. That was huge. I remember people calling that one the game of the century as well. That one was pretty big too. Um, well, we're new century. Well, we're not new century. If yeah. See if it was 04. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that was, my goodness. Man, I know, I'm getting, huh? I'm getting old. <laughs> I feel the same way. I, I, I felt like I actually, I remember covering Keelan Williams when I worked at Channel 10, but he yeah. must have been like right after, because I left Channel 10 in 03. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he so, was right after. Okay. He was so, right yeah. after. Yeah. But yeah. Just, uh, the, and the, the talent you're going to see on the football mm-hmm. field this game yeah. for this LCA Turlings game is, is going to be absolutely outstanding. I mean, you've got you've got multiple wide receivers uh, for both teams. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, you know a couple quarterbacks. You've got a lot of kids that some will play mm-hmm. at big Division One next level, but a lot will play mm-hmm. just next level, which right, you right. don't typically see mm-hmm. on high school teams. I mean, the, we were talking about this during the break. The average, the the percentage is one percent of kids yeah. that play high school football will play at the next level. And I, I think it actually goes farther than that. 1% will play another down of organized football after that. Kevon Bordelon, uh, play-by-play uh, voice of the Turlings uh, football team. All right, you know, I, I was I was talking about this um, to uh, one of our friends over across the hall at 103.3 The Goat, uh, Lynn, uh, Lynn Burton, and he was um, interviewing me about the matchup. And he asked me, he said, you know, what are your thoughts on Turlings? And I'll tell him what I told a parent yesterday of one of the wide receivers. Um, they are a team in every sense of the word. You know, all kids, you know, many of them make their parents and their supporters proud when they wear the, the pads and they, and they wear the jersey. But there's something about this Turlings football team, the workman-like way that they go about doing things, the way that they have just bought into the system, the way that they play the game that I think leaves their fans a little extra proud of what they do. Um, and, you know, the, the the parent that I was talking to yesterday said, you know, he said, you know, a lot of times you, you, you know, you have maybe a couple kids that are you know, kind of little knuckleheads. But he said, you know, my son tells me, he said, man, dad, you know, everybody is just completely, it's all about the mission of being the best, getting to state and, and making sure that we do our best out on the football field. And, a great coaching staff at Turlings. You know, I've been uh, covering uh, Coach Chaponche, Dane Chaponche, since he was at Opelousas Catholic. Yep. Um, just really, I think it's a very special football program. I, I felt that way about them for a while, but especially seeing this team um, and, and hearing from this fan base, um, I, I understand why y'all enjoy calling their game so much. It's a, it's a pleasure and an honor to call for Turlings, right? Because... Um, We've got a lot of great football programs in yeah. Acadiana. We've got a lot of great schools and a lot of great people. Mm-hmm. One of the things that Scott and I always try to do is, is bring to light that it's more than football. Right. Um, I, I'll never forget one of the things that, that brought us to the school as I'm now a parent of one graduate and a parent of a junior at the school now, uh, which is 
going back about 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. calling a game, and there's an injured player from the other team on the field. Mm-hmm. And you know when you're up in the booth, you're so used to hearing what we call our Nat sound mic, yeah. right? It's a, it's a crowd mic, so we can get background noise because right. you know some of the booths that we're in, they don't have open windows, so you can get that natural sound like you're at the game. Mm-hmm. So you, you put those mics out there. Well, this happened to be an open-air press box, and as I was calling the game, I happened to be calling that one by myself. Mm-hmm. And I noticed in the background, nothing. Mm-hmm. So there's an injured player on the field, and it's dead silent. And I look down at the student section, and the student section has their head down, hand out. They're saying a prayer for an injured player from the other team. And right. I went, well, you don't see that. Yeah. It, it, it dawned on me. I was like, this is special. Yeah. There's something different. And as I got to know the school, as I got to know the parents, as I got to know the culture mm-hmm. that Turlings does its best to instill in children. Because like you said, you're always going to have knuckleheads, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, 80-20 rule. Yeah, of course. Right? But when you look at what they try to do, how they try to represent themselves and what they try to do, you go, man, this is it's really so much fun to be a part of not just the football program, but of that. And I've said this before. I said, look, you know, Sonny Chaponche, who was the coach when we started calling football mm-hmm. games, never got to win a state championship while we were there, at least. I don't think on the record he got one. Yeah. Dane Chaponche, he may never win one either. I don't know. I hope he does. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if he turns out great young men that go through that football program, that is so yeah. much more important yeah. than jumping up and down and going, hey, look, we want a state championship. Right, right. Don't get me wrong. Winning a state championship is great. Mm-hmm. And if Turlings happens to win one, my hope, my desire for the culture is that they say, we didn't win this because we were great football players. Mm-hmm. We won this because we were producing great young men in that program. Right. Sounds very similar with um, Coach, the late coach, Sonny Robichaux, and yeah. what he built over at UL. Yep. Tony Tony was fantastic. And actually, I, I've, I was at Turlings a couple of times when Tony came to speak mm. to students at Turlings. Yeah. Um, you know, getting back into the matchup, LCA Turlings, the game happening over at, uh, at Turlings. How important is it that Turlings is hosting this football game for the, the, the football team? I'd love to say I know. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Because the first matchup was at LCA. Correct. First matchup at LCA. And everybody talks about the, the, the friendly confines of your home stadium, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know that either team, Turlings or LCA, um, has gotten a whole bunch of, of home cooking from officials, right? Yeah, I mean, because yeah. that's one of the things that you hear. I don't know that either team has really gotten that or seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you take a look at amenities, Turlings actually gives the, uh, the, what is our wrestling building to the visiting team. Mm-hmm. We don't go all the way back to our locker room because our locker room's a little too far away. So, you know, when you start to look at kind of, of, of where we are, the one thing that you will not be able to match is the ability to have the energy of home fans, mm-hmm. the energy of Friday night in Rebel Stadium. Yeah. That's the one thing that I think is going to be the big advantage. Um, I think the bigger advantage for Turlings, and, and this is just thinking about logistics-wise, is that LCA had to play away last week. Yeah. And now, even if it's a short bus ride, just has to be on the bus again. But Because yeah. that, that game, I mean, that was a war that LCA played in with De La Salle. Ooh, it was I amazing. Mean, you go play De La Salle, <laughs> yeah. you are playing some of the, the, some of the best horses that you can find yeah. in, in New Orleans. I mean, just complete athletes. Yeah. And had to put up 70 to feel comfortable with that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. 
I think that's that's maybe the one logistical mm-hmm. advantage that Turlings gets with this game being at home. All right, so the game tomorrow night, Coca-Cola pregame show starts at 6 o'clock. Kavon Bordelon, Scott Braz, the kickoff set for 7 o'clock. Man, looking forward to it, and hey, may the best team win. Absolutely. Look, I, I hope for a clean game, no injuries, and, and everybody coming out of this saying, look, we, we did everything we could mm-hmm. to win this game, and, and the, the victor uh, go on and win a state championship. There you go. I agree with that as well. Uh, we're going to close it up for today. Eddie, man, look, thank you so much for Always coming by. Pleasure, Waking brother. up early with me, man. appreciate Always it. Always a pleasure. All right, that is going to do it for the show today. Moon Grafon coming up next here on News Talk 96.5 K. You're listening to American Ground Radio's Morning Minute. New data says that since Elon Musk took over Twitter, new signups have averaged 2 million new users per day. And so much so that Musk expects Twitter to exceed a billion monthly users by next year. What's most interesting is that Republicans on Twitter have gained 8,000 followers on average, and your typical Democrat has lost 4,000. Elizabeth Warren, Adam Schiff, Bernie Sanders, they've each lost approximately 100,000 followers, while Marjorie Taylor Green and Jim Jordan, both Republicans, have gained over 300,000 followers. Of course, the left has said for years when conservatives claimed they were being shadow banned, oh no, there's no censorship on Twitter. Well, in hypocritical fashion, guess who's saying they're shadow banned now? How can you possibly claim to be liberal when you're not in favor of free speech? Return each weeknight with Louis R. Abalone and Stephen Parr. From 9 to 10 p.m. on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Listen to me, Dan Bongino, as I tackle the biggest political issues of the day, debunking both liberal and swamp establishment rhetoric. The Dan Bongino Show, News Talk 96.5 KPEL. I'm Elizabeth McDonald, and this is the Fox Business Report. Fewer people than expected applied for first-time jobless help last week. It was 225,000 applications versus the expectation of 235,000. Some key measures of consumer have come in this morning. The overall PCE price index, month-to-month, the headline number, a jump of 0.3%. And then for core, that came in month-to-month at 0.2%. Cheryl Cassoni, the latest numbers, more evidence that price pressures could be slowly starting these. The yearly rate of inflation slowed to 6% in October from 6.2% the previous month. And Twitter and Tesla CEO Elon Musk announced that the brain chip innovation by his company Neuralink is expected to start human clinical trials in six months. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Lillian Wu, invested in you. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. In Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org.